If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, episode 300, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst mo- horror movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington, and today I'm joined by regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conduit-Tenner. Hello, Ben, and well, maybe only the second time ever, hello everybody else that isn't you that can actually hear me live. Second, <coughs> oh Jesus, the second ever Horror Hangout live episode. Last one we did, obviously, was episode 200, and it's flown by, right? Yeah, the last 100 episodes have been like a blink of an eye. Although in reality, because we do one of these a week, two years plus. Two years plus. I mean, it feels less than that. I would say it feels like this time last year was when we did the last live episode, surely. But no. Two years ago. <coughs> I apologise I'm going to keep coughing. I would usually try and mute myself, but I'm off across so many platforms, I don't know if I can. Yeah, one mute, one mute button press in the, in the wrong location, yeah. and you'll shut this whole thing down. Internet will be off for everybody. No one wants that. Disclaimer for anybody listening on podcast feeds or listening back: I'm going to be interacting with the Instagram and YouTube chat um, when I can. Not eh, not constantly. Kitty Pims says, "Happy three hundred. Oh, thanks, Kitty. Happy three hundred. All I mean, all two hundred ninety nine have been happy as well, but three hundred extra happy. Like my That's not counting bonuses as well, though, right? So it's three hundred well, yeah, standard exactly. episodes. Joey, Joey Afterlight as well. For Joey from Afterlight Comics has said, "Hey, up, folks! Happy three hundredth! Thank you so oh, much." Thanks, Joey. Joey's like if he comes up later and we talk about people we got to have on. Yeah, Joey, we got to get Joey, you on an episode. So, like the master of of independent horror comics, in my opinion. I'm hoping he can hear you as well. I'm hoping your level's going through nicely. Um, the master of independent comics, Joey. Did you hear that? The king of Kickstarter. Andy himself. is blowing more titles. Andy is blowing some nice smoke straight up your arse, but that's fine. We all like that. I'll no, do it no, as well. It's only if you don't mean it. <laughs> so, no, no, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. I was going to say Ben is telling the truth. Telling, I got a Texas Chainsaw Massacre T-shirt. Look at that, the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Brand new recipe. Brand new recipe. A film, a film that I liked. Um, maybe that'll come the, up. Um... Maybe that'll come up. In, 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 if we uh, talk underrated, we've got lots to cover. So. Let's dive in as hard and fast as possible 
Um, I guess, first of all, let's reflect on 300 episodes of the podcast. It's still something, I mean, coming from me, that I look forward to and I thoroughly enjoy every single week. It's definitely not a chore. It's not got to that point yet. Uh, but I think it's, it's great. Like one, one thing that we always discuss on this show is the fact it does feel like hanging out with your pals, catching up. Like Sometimes you might go weeks and weeks without really seeing friends, you know, in real adult life. But this gives an excuse to A, watch a new horror movie every week, B, catch up with your friends every week, um, and just have a good old chinwag and a lovely bit of ants. Uh, what better way to drive a conversation with a friend than repurposing it for content? So it's always good to catch That's up exactly with it, yeah. he's around and all the other people that we've met as a result of the, of the podcast as well. Yeah. It's been great that genuinely, not just yourself, but you know you and luke as well but like people who i've met through events we've been to because we were doing the podcast conversations i've had like people who i genuinely would consider friends now if they needed a blood transfusion or if their car broke Ooh, down or even if they not moving house let's start your blood grows back um, oh yes sir. or if uh, they needed help moving house even they could they could call on me i'd go and I'd oh go help out. depends where they're moving though because you have to come all the way down from scotland to do removal services that's uh intense that's just if you're in the area that i think because they consider these people as friends <laughs> i know that they have the wherewithal to think i mean does all the way live up in scotland that's where i'm very convenient unless they live nearby exactly um so well joey just said wait for the phone call to come on the podcast of course let's get you in next month let's get you in for october joey uh just, she, just I, before um just before uh Thoughtbubble in November, perfect timing. Oh, to yeah. Wonderful comics you'll be able to grab from the folks after life comics. Amazing timing. Uh, he says, Cheers, Andy. Tenor in the post. Don't send money through the post. That is dangerous. Send him a PayPal. Um, every movie ever podcast uh, says, of course, former guest of the show, is Andy here in spirit? Where is he at? He is here. I'll give you I'll give you a little show. I'll show, show my setup. Okay. There he is. Green screen man. Hopefully you can hear him as well. I was trying to angle the angle the phone so you could see um everything i've got going on but it just didn't look good it looked kind of nuts but yeah this is, this is how nuts it's got it we've got two screens this this is a little bit behind the scenes as well so usually we got usually i have one screen a little zoom screen where i record everything and then like a little you can see um a little script as well i say you can see depends what you're watching or listening to this on a little script up as well just to keep us on track most times there's that face we'll give you a little we have a little wave, Andy. Why not? Hi. Oh, you 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 glitched out your your I'm your hand. Glitched out, glitched out into the background. But you know, we'll use that to add to my mystique. Whoever knows, maybe <laughs> there will be a twist at the end that I was Ben's imagination all the time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that a three hundred long, a three hundred episode long narrative twist. Um, Cucumber Films. I'm pretty sure that's Aaron, Aaron Trust, right? He says we can't do episode three hundred without mentioning Andy's one nipple issue. Um, I've actually had a few messages about this, Andy, and I will I will just bring you in on this. I mean, I feel objectified already, so <laughs> that's good. In your picture with Sandy Johnson, one of your nipples is is looks aroused, but you know, I think I pointed out at the time. I said, "Look at that nipple." I've had I, after posting on Instagram, I had at least three messages from se- separate people saying, "Check out that nipple," and I just want to oh. know what your thoughts are on that. You told me that that's the reason you wear that top. Yeah, obviously. Um, you love to feel the you love to feel the breeze. I mean, <laughs> I mean, maybe now I truly understand the experience of of 
you know, the suffering of women all over the world. I don't, not not in the least. But um, yeah, I've not really thought about it. And if you've got a problem with it, you're just a prude, don't you? But you don't like people breastfeeding in public. <laughs> It should be the 1950s where you and your mate, Bernard Manning, can just be, yeah, be welcome, everybody. I can't help but point out, though, it's like it's like if you see a car crash, or not not comparing it to a car crash, of course, um, where I see it and I go, there it is. Well, I wouldn't touch it, of course, not without permission, but I will say there it is. Um, I wouldn't do that to everybody. I'd just feel uncomfortable with you, Andy, of course. That's right. Well, um, you know, it's, it's changeable weather right now. It's hard to know how to dress in this climate horror that we live in right now luke condor's in the instagram watching as well watching from afar so he's here in some format the man the man who was there at episode one is here in spirit um and on instagram he's there as well eventually i've I've got i've got a little game for you to kick things off andy go on you might you might be thinking what on earth a game this is crazy this can't be happening well it is happening it's about to happen um I've got a little game for you based on the last 300 episodes. I'm going to give you a title of a movie and I would like you to try to give me the episode number. I haven't. I know I told you I was going to do this. I hope you haven't um, been brushing up on it. You haven't cheated, no, have you? If I've got one thing that you should know about me, Ben, is that I have such respect for competition that you know the purity of the game is more important than of the Of course, results. yeah, of course. Um, I'm just going to do something random here, okay? So are you ready? How many? How close do they have to get to get to get credit for it? I reckon if know. you can get get it to within ten, I'll give you credit. Any closer than that, I'll give you the double up, credit. I'll give you double credit. I'll give you the utmost respect. Hello, Emma. This is a good practice. Emma's watching as well on Instagram. A, as I always mention, <coughs> then I think my biggest aspiration. I've never really been interested in any form of celebrity, but now. I solely want to become a beloved household name just so I can go on Richard Osman's House of Games. And oh, yeah. Ha- so this would be excellent practice for that type of game. And he ripped off the name game, didn't he? The bastard. Okay, so... You might be watching. Don't think that, Richard. Sorry, Richard. Joking. If you anything... Share, con- ben won't see if he let us on. If anything, condemn me. Don't condemn Andy. Yeah. He's the, I'm the, he's the chaotic good. In I, don't want, I don't want any awkward banter when I eventually go on the show. Oh, Domnation45, hello on Instagram. Congrats on 300 episodes. I've been listening weekly since around episode 80. Wow, Oof. that is... That's impressive. That's 220 weekly episodes. That's impressive, and thank you so much for listening and for your support. Uh, we couldn't have got to 300. Thanks for listening, to go on a bit. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? So thanks for listening, to I know we could go on a bit. But thanks you know. for listening. Right. If you sometimes just want to skip out on an episode thinking this ain't for me, then we don't blame you. Um, okay, the first episode I'm going to give you, Andy, is Deep Blue Sea. Deepest Bluest, My Head is Like a Shark's Fin, LL Cool J, and his Parrot. Um, of course, an episode that you joined us on. I didn't want to yeah. do the first one you joined us on. What episode of the 300 is that? Oh, no. I think when we recorded Deep Blue Sea, I was on there with you. I think I lived in Bristol at the time. So that's going to be... I don't think you've got... In the thumbnail, I don't think you've got a beard. Hmm. Oh, maybe that's even further ago then. Maybe I lived in... Maybe that's a pre-lockdown one. Maybe you've changed my mind. So in that case, I'm going to go for episode 110. Oh, uh, you've over you've over hit it big time. Oh, I've got, I've gone over gone past. Way past. Go on. Or do I get a second guess? You get a second, you go, give, I'll give you a second guess. Okay. Uh, 
125. Oh no, sorry. By by over overhit it. Um, further back, further back. Oh, further back. Sorry. Uh, further back then. 80. Unfortunately not. I'm only gave you, gonna give you two guesses. Not gonna not gonna humiliate not you. Uh, not a third as is tradition. Uh, go on then. What? All right. Th- all right. A third as is tradition. Let's go. Um, Lower. Fifty-one. You've missed it by four. It's episode forty-seven. Forty-seven. So before you'd even, because the original conceit of the of the show was that you and Luke were doing Empire Magazine's top fifty That's true. horror movies, right? So we, I'm assuming that even though it is a masterpiece, Ladies Love Cool James and Deepest Bluest Hat is like a shark's fin. Deepest Bluest, my head is like a shark's fin. Apologies. That, that wasn't Good within Empire's top ten movies for it to be in that number so that must have been an yeah. out of sequence that was an out of sequence I think something happened where we were talking about shark films maybe Jaws and then we were like we should do um, Deep Blue Sea and then Andy Conduit Turner appeared and uh, so there it is second second movie this could be an interesting one because as you know we didn't cover this film for a long long time however Friday the 13th what episode was that okay now that I'm pretty sure was sort of late sort of back end of 2020 I think so I love your thought process behind it as well yeah I remember I remember having to rent it from maybe the Microsoft store <coughs> watching it on my uh, maybe I even debated paying the extra pound and having it to keep forever on a digital format because my stuff was boxed up at the time I was sitting down there and watching it ready to talk about so I'm going to go with that one sadly knowing the date I'm struggling to mentally work out what that means in terms of numbers. So, uh, 130. Um, you're, you, 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 lo- sorry, you are lower than, than the I'm number. lower, so it needs to go, it needs to go, the number needs to go up. Number um, needs to go up, yeah. I'm going to blow my nose, apologies. 155. Oh, hang on, I'll give it to us, blow my nose. 100. And fifty-five. Uh, oh, you're incredibly close. You're incredibly close. I'll give you one more, one more, one more go. You're, you're, you're too high. Oh, okay. One hundred and forty-eight. It's one four nine. That's close. I get credit for that. You get credit for that, definitely. Of course. Of course, you do. Well done. Friday the Thirteenth. It took us so long to get to Friday the Thirteenth. Now. Were all three of us on that one, or was that one where one of us was where one of the others was missing? I know I was there. Was I you I, out? Was Luke out? I think maybe I was missing for that, you know. Yeah. So I mean, we've never in that case we've never got your hot takes on original recipe, um, Pamela Voorhees and her no. excellent fashion sense. Never. I, have. I mean, have you revisited it since? Um, I don't think I have. Not since then. But yeah, I, I I'm a fan. Obviously, we've done part two. We should probably get to the point where we cover some Jason movies where he's actually got a hockey mask on as well, right? Yeah, next one. I mean, in that case, only I have been in those ones. If it was perhaps just me and Luke for original Friday the 13th, and then uh, John Lees was on with me for Friday yeah. the 13th Part 2, just before, um, just as his, uh, his comic was coming out, which uh, was heavily inspired by the antics of slashers like Jason. So... Maybe Ben, it'll be your time. You'll come in much like Jason's hockey mask, far later than people expected to when they look back on these things. <laughs> far later than people expected to. 
Um, okay, next one. So obviously, during our Fright Fest episode, I watched the Wreck documentary, and I think we spoke about our episode covering Wreck. But what episode of Horror Hangout was that? Uh, I reckon that that was with when Johan was your first guest. So, well, looking back now, I don't think it was um, our first guest. Was we it really did have a guest on the Day of the Dead episode, or episode seven. Oh, okay. So someone after that then. So who was your guest for Day of the Dead? You can't not name them now. Unless they're cancelled. It wasn't Jimmy Savile, was it? <laughs> it wasn't old Jim Savs. It wasn't Jay Savs. Uh, nickname. Don't want to don't give him a nickname. Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't want to play the episode. Not your mates. Not your mate. We're not Jimmy mates. Um, oh, my God. This is horrible because you really put me on the spot. And I've clicked on it to try and find out who it is. It was a friend. It was a friend of Luke's, and I think this was before we used to put guest names in the title or description. And it was five plus years ago now. So we to See what's happened here? I can't do it. I can't do it. Ben, forgotten someone's name. Cancelled. Well, you can look that up, and we'll, we'll mention it's that. A, but it's I'm a man. It's it. a man with long hair, and it is a friend of Luke's. God, I feel terrible. I'm sure he's not listening, but if he is, I apologise. Man with long hair. But we haven't. We didn't keep in contact. It's not like he's suddenly one of my best buds. On maybe if Luke's still on the on the Instagram line, he'll know. Probably not. Um, um, what episode was it, Andy? Before you put me on the spot, Johan. I think he came and joined you then for episode eighteen. It was episode nineteen. So close. Oh, I mean that counts. That's good work. The wreck. I like it. Um, how about one of my favourite episodes? Probably one of your favourite episodes. When Alice Taylor Matthews joined us for Pieces. Oh, now Pieces, Screaming Bastards. Bastards! Pieces! I also watched Enter the Clones of Bruce Lee at Fright Fest. And there's a clip from Pieces where we see the guy who comes out and does all the kung fu. He was one of the clones of Bruce Lee. Maybe Dragon Lee or something like that? That random Mm -hmm. scene of him just like attacking in Pieces. Yeah, was. Um, One. 137. Oh, too low? A little bit higher? 145. Well, I'll give you one more guess. Quite a, quite a way higher. Oh, okay, 169. 185. Higher still. Anyone would think we were. This, some of these episodes took place in a period of time where life was compressed into a flat circle of time it was i mean i'd love time to, became meaningless i'd love to look back on my mental well-being during the episodes that we did um of those that would be that would be pretty interesting um okay i I'll feel give... like i was a bit like the opening to book rogers where he's sort of floating frozen in a state of suspended animation listening to kip lennon 100 that was me 100 like meaningless that. moment of time i'm absolutely sweltering here andy i'll, I'll admit what where is this late late Heatwave come from? Where's September heatwave come from? It's ruining me. I tell you what, though, Ben, it hasn't crossed Adrian's wall. I'm lovely and cool. Well, don't show off. I think always show it off. Right, okay. <laughs> you don't control it. Okay. And finally, as we're doing Phantasm two this month with uh, Aaron Truss and Jake West, when do we cover Phantasm one, also known as Phantasm? I reckon that was proper long ago because I was just appearing as an occasional <laughs> guest at that point. So. I think Phantasm 1, maybe all the way back in episode 60. It's, uh, you've gone in too low. It's higher than that. Uh, episode 81. You're close. I'm going to give you one more. One more. You're still too low. Give you, but you're close. 
88. Oh, it's number 91. That's very good. That's good. That's good. We'll let you have Close. that. I feel like I've got enough of a, of a grasp of the, of the timing. Close indeed. Um, brilliant. There we go. So what are those, what are those, like, there are some episodes that I would go back and listen to. I think certainly in preparation for us doing Phantasm 2, I probably need to get back and watch the first yeah, one. Yeah, rewatch again. it. I think so. It makes sense. It's, it's definitely a series that I think benefits from the connectivity between the series. It's one that really builds the lore yeah. with everything that happens. So it's probably worth doing. Definitely. The classic, do it. as I've done in the last couple of years, like with The Howling, and which I do maintain does eventually knit together um <laughs> and then Streamer. also and then also hellraiser my hellraiser bonanza will i think when it comes to watching that series back to back my suffering might have been legendary even in hell hellraiser um yeah there we go then so that's that's the end of that little game uh i hope you enjoyed that so i guess well let's let's just briefly talk about Fright Fest, obviously, off the back of Fright Fest, our first on-location episode last week. Um, a three-hour epic, meeting a load of interesting people, a load of exciting people. Um, great interviews, great movies, great times. Some people stayed out drinking to 4am. Other people stayed out to like a little bit earlier. <laughs> um, we hung out with Takeshi Kashida. We hung out with Sandy Johnson. We hung out with we, we rubbed shoulders we rubbed shoulders on the red carpet in front of the media wall and beyond with everybody and I think we had well, we had a really good time but I think we, we, we our coverage I'm, I'm pretty proud of it you know I think Ben why are you being proud of stuff you should be proud of how fast you turned that around as well I know it was a lot of work because behind the scenes everybody so as Ben said we were out till reasonably like most nights it was big same as you might experience at like a music festival it wasn't just the things that were happening that were on the agenda and that goes on to quite late already um there was things to do there were people out drinking there was really in a lot of cases unless you wanted to miss a film which usually we didn't not really that much of an opportunity to go away and no. eat eat real you know there was one real, day where we just like food. pretty much forgot to eat wouldn't it and it did remind me of that it reminded me of a music festival in a way where you kind of just get involved with what's happening and you kind of forget to feed yourself water yourself and sometimes yeah. go to the toilet you can't really forget but, that but despite all that you were on top of everything else you were doing we were getting back to the hotel or the airbnb of a night and between the night time and the morning you were grabbing all of the footage that we'd made had in that that day, bringing it down, putting the stings in between it, making sure the audio was optimised. There were yeah. some bits where we had some malfunctions, we couldn't even get everything. Yeah. But you there, were... Were, there were a couple of malfunctions, I think even even with our interview with Sandy Johnson is, is a bit um, iffy, just because our microphones, again, we were kind of learning, they weren't the, I think the microphones were good at the start of the fest, but over time they kind of, so we'll probably have to invest some more in some better ones. However, yeah, the we reason... We get some off um, the Sarah and, oh, yeah. uh, and Chloe. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to ask from, them. Exactly from the right. rebrand, from the rebrand channel. Exactly. Get 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 their um, get their recommendations. Quartermaster on and get, and get some kit. <laughs> but um, yeah, the reason we got out so fast is because pretty much at the end of every day we were bouncing the footage, chopping up the footage. Ben says we he was exporting. Doing all of it. Yeah, I was doing that. Um, exporting the footage and yeah, so pretty much as we went on, then the final day, 
I actually did a whole batch of edits, like on my on my National Express home. So by the time That's the, commitment for you. By the time the next day rolled around, because I knew if I just got home and started relaxing, I would have never got round to it. So I wanted to you had do a wedding it to go to. on the so you had exactly. To go I had a wedding to go to like the next day, so I had to. I had to get out there really. <coughs> so yeah, but yeah. I think overall, overall Fest experience, like it was, it was hard work, but like I think worth every penny and every second. And again, yeah, I cannot thank enough the people that support us on Patreon because that made it a completely viable expenditure for all of us to be able to go because you know festival passes aren't cheap. 100%, 100%. we're not, we're Everyone... not a sponsored podcast we weren't there on um, and you know it's a festival that has to you know it has to make returns so they don't have that much press credentials to be able to like we're very kind in giving us access and so on but we weren't given like free passes to attend and we totally get that but because of the support we had it meant that we were able to go spend that time you know not have to live under a bridge but actually get a nice airbnb to stay and we had our own which was bedroom nice, yeah we only had that we, only had, we stayed under the bridge just one night um but yeah so obviously patriot patrons on patreon really did help out and we already said thank you in that episode but we want to reiterate that thank you so much um means a lot if you do want to support us patreon.com forward slash horror hangout you can support us from as little as a dollar a month of course it gets translated into your currency don't think you've got to draw out a dollar for the bank and give it to us directly. That would be very, very silly. You haven't got to draw money out and then like change all the pictures on it and the symbols in pen oh. and send it back in. That make it worthless if anything. But um, totally worthless. Yeah, it it's really, really appreciated. We and we had a, we had a good time, and I was blown away to meet well all kinds of people. People like um, Aaron, who we you know had on the show, is going to join us again. Really, really cool to meet people properly who previously we've only managed to meet remotely. So to yeah, meet those people, people pro- in the flash. Meet people properly, but also invite loads of new people onto the show as well. And I think the Horror Hangout family is growing. And I know it's a bit of a cliche to call someone a family, but, you know, it bloody feels like that. Not that I'd want anyone over for Christmas. Yeah, of course I would. Come over for Christmas dinner, why not? Um, I think that's fine, Ben. I think when big companies and corporations call... Their yeah, that's a little bit more annoying, isn't it? Yeah. Gross, disgusting. Like you know, you're obliging me that I should spend my free time with you. But lovely, actual kind of genuine independent productions like us saying that we consider people that we meet part of like a, a close knit circle. Yeah, very genuine, wonderful stuff. Wonderful, Do it all day. wonderful stuff. Do it all day long. Um, so yeah, thanks again. And if you haven't listened to our fright fest episode, please go back and check it out. I think it's it's one of those that you could probably. It's, uh, we've already mentioned it's probably best to watch on YouTube because you get to see all the interesting people that we met and uh, I think it's just a lot better like that, isn't it? But it's kind of made me hungry to do more sort of on, on-site on um, live stuff as well. I think we've got the capability to do that. Um, and do you know what? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not tooting our own, Andy, but I think we're pretty good at it. I think we're pretty good at it. I think you're really, really good at like getting up there because, again, Let's talk a little bit about experience. They had a really nice setup with the with the press wall and everything like that. But if you've heard us talk about movies, you would know that formality is not necessarily a yeah. way of doing things. And also, we mentioned before that we were um, attendees that were there that were excited to watch films. The, the nature of the <coughs> press wall is sometimes that while well, one film that you want to watch is on, that's when... Oh, yeah. That's when a different film has oh, their annoying. allotted time at the at the press wall. And again, 
there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're there to be able to talk about the movies, you're not out there in force with someone whose job is, I am dedicated camera crew or a dedicated person who is just doing the interviews to catch those talk points. And then, you know, watching the films and reviewing them is not my area of focus. When that isn't you, then you have to make some decisions. And I think it was to the benefit of our content that primarily the people we talked to were the people whose films we had just watched. We'd just seen them, we'd just seen them see their, their screen, screen yeah, of their, we, we of their film live up on the big screen. Seconds just after catch the... them, have a little casual chat. Yeah, and that kind of felt best for us. Um, but yeah, I think we really enjoyed it. Everyone was really um, supportive, and what, not, what word am I thinking? I'm not supportive. Everyone was really open to chatting to us, and that it was it was great. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, obviously, we will talk more about Fright Fest because we were doing some Fright Fest awards. I know we kind of did our top three movies of the festival right at the tail end of our episode, but I think maybe we'll, with some time to reflect, we could talk a little bit more about that, including awards for best film, best best short, best performance, best cast. All that stuff. Um, I'll do a very small bit of horror news, Andy, okay? Because I've just got two little things to talk about. Number one, Forbidden World's uh, Film Festival, The Big Scream, is back. Obviously, I attended that last year at Bristol's former IMAX. Yes, it's called the former IMAX. Um, Just call it the Bristol IMAX now, I reckon. Because it's not officially, but it's a big old screen. But it's back from the 13th to the 14th of October. I'm sure to attend because there are screenings of Night of the Creeps, Mimic, The Guardian, Arachnophobia, Christine, and The Hidden. So imagine watching some of those films on a massive, great big IMAX what, screen. What, Chris- a, what a lineup! I would love to be there for Night of the Creeps, especially, I think. Christine is the 40th anniversary restoration premiere. Mimic is the director's cut. I mean, Night of the Creeps, Night of the Creeps is going to be extra special, right? Seeing it on the big old IMAX screen. And you know what? It's pretty cheap. It's like individual tickets are like £8.50. Day passes is £20, or a whole festival pass, £35. Get involved in that. Now, obviously, if you're can... in the southwest, or can reach it easily enough in October. <coughs> what are those dates again, then? It is the 13th and the 14th of October, a Friday and a Saturday. I believe that's when I'm flying to Boston, Massachusetts. So that's me. Bloody... On your way to Boston, Massachusetts, Mr. Jetset and Andy Conduit Turner, drop off at Bristol Airport, get yourself over to watch Night of the Creeps, then get back on the plane to Boston, Massachusetts. Doing a Boston accent as well. Um, oh, when I go to the airport, I'll get the car. I get the car. Just... Marky Mark. Mark Wahlberg. That's awful. I, I, I'm, oh, not, I'm, not good, I'm not good at accents at the best of time. But now I've got I've got a cold. I'm definitely not good at it. I've got a cold and my back is sweating. That's what I'm... That's that's what what's going on with me right now, Andy. Okay? <laughs> that's like a UK version of Eminem's Lose Yourself. I've got a cold. I've got a lemsip in my hands. Knees weak. Back is sweating. I haven't got vomit on my t-shirt, but just dribble. Something like that. Um, Yeah, so that was one piece of news. And the other piece of news is that we've got a poster for the Eli Roth movie Thanksgiving. Of course, the fake trailer was attached to Grindhouse all that time ago. This is actually getting made. And there's a trailer tomorrow. Tomorrow. There we go. So, What percentage of things in Grindhouse trailers are yet to materialize and which ones do you still want to see machete machete don't text what's the one with like the nazi werewolves isn't that like pretty much what it is it's like nazi women of the is like werewolf, Na- women, Na- of the werewolf SS. women of the ss that's the one nicholas cage uh yeah let's do it oh um, that's and then uh, do you want to see i mean <coughs> we spoke to her and it was a delight i mean done some 
um, audio work with her in the past as well. Um, really nice to meet Emily in person, Emily Booth, and she was in the Edgar Wright directed oh trailer yeah. as well called Don't. Let's get Don't out there as well. Yeah. Get I think that. Don't could have the, the capacity to be a brilliant, like, British <laughs> slasher. Just don't. Just don't, will you? It's like, nope, but the British version, isn't it? Don't. Get off me. Um, that was it for news. I was going to do a very brief what we've been watching as well, only because there's a couple of things I wanted to mention. Um, I'm aware of time, so let's keep going. I watched the movie, the horror comedy, The Blackening, and I'm actually going to do a bite-sized episode for it. Maybe this week. Fast. Maybe this week. Maybe next. I've, I've, I've said it. I've said it now, so it's going to happen. Um, horror comedies, I think in the last couple of years, we've kind of had um, ones that are a bit more meta- Things like uh, Bodies, 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 which, you know, was was funny in a way. But also mm-hmm. the blackening, the fact it's an all-black cast, and it kind of dials into those tropes of of um, how black people are represented in horror movies. And the tagline itself being, we can't all die first. I was looking forward to it. I think it was, f- I think it was good. It was funny. It's got a, it's got a lot of laughs in it but i think like the horror side of things maybe kind of gets left at the wayside maybe that's kind of on purpose of course as a social commentary movie it does really well um and flips the narrative on its head and flips the rules of horror movies on their head as well i don't know i kind of felt like the the final act i was a bit disappointed in i felt like i had a lot of promise but of course i will go more into that with my episode of Horror Hangout Bite Size. And the other thing I wanted to mention, sorry, I'm just, bite, I'm, I feel like I'm just taking over. Right, apologies. I also watched The Last Voyage of the Demeter. 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 Yeah, but I we... can join in, Ben, because after <laughs> I understand from your mum that you got it pulled from UK cinema releases. Yeah, my, I think my mum thought I got it pulled from UK cinema releases. She was like, hang on a minute. What, why is it not showing, Ben? You should know. Like, okay. I mean, I know I've got a, horror, a weekly horror podcast, however. I don't know if I'm if they're not they're not asking me for my opinion based on should this film be released and it's a shame because I understand it bombed n- not just critically but out of the box office as well, which is annoying. But I did watch it. You so I watched it. As you, well. you watched it as well. Mm-hmm. We we both seen it. Yeah, caught it on VOD this week after yes. it, after you got it cancelled. I thought I would catch it on VOD myself. There was an so I was looking forward to this. Yeah, definitely. And of course, I thought considering it's been critically panned, I thought it was totally fine. Yeah, I thought it was, you know, I'd go so far to, to, to say, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'll tell you what, give me the most special edition of this you can, because I'm going to watch it every week. I'm not going to go over the top here, but I really liked it. I think it was a good period piece, and for all those reviews that have said, oh, what's Drek the dude on a, on, a, on a boat then? Read a fucking book. Read a like, fucking book. It's in there. <laughs> it's in there. Um, yeah, it was a good sort of like, you know, people trapped with a scary thing, scary things picking people off one by one, they're fighting back. You know, I, I like that as a, as, a, as a story, and the fact that this creature, I say this creature, obviously this Dracula, this bloody Dracula, the bloody Dracula was, it, was in like scary monster mode pretty much for the duration, he wasn't just, he didn't go, hello, I'm a lovely, well-spoken human man, and now I'm a scary bat. He was a scary bat the whole time, and, and a lot of people said there's lots of CGI. There is lots of CGI. Some shots look better than others but I thought creature design bloody horrible yeah horrible creature design I really liked some of the performances obviously it is a sort of a missing or only alluded to chapter of a story which is you know more than a hundred years old and we all know so 
there has elements where there's like a brutal hopelessness to it when you know the characters you know you you're assured of their you're assured of their fate fairly well from the from the very beginning but um Corey Hawkins as Clemens, I really liked. Yeah. Liam Cunningham, you know, you'll recognise oh, him as yeah. also a sailor from Game of Thrones. Really, really good. And a dog soldier. And a dog soldier. Um, I really like, and apologies, I'm going to butcher his last name. David Dasmelchain um, yeah. is... He's popping up I on everything these days. I, I know he's got a lot of horror fandom about him. I know he's a, a great uh, proponent of horror movies and so on as well. I've certainly heard him talk a lot about them in um, certainly at least one of the In Search of Darkness um, documentaries. Yeah, um, he was in that. Uh, He's, he, pop up in, he pops up in everything these days. Um, the Boogeyman as well he was in. Yeah, I mean, not a not a huge part in this, but more screen time than I've seen him get in a lot of things. And I think he was very good. And there's a good brutality to this film as well so yeah something like, gore, like about something like it. gore is great as well um i mean yeah it didn't blow me away didn't change my life but i think for the for the duration of it i enjoyed it it feels a little bit of a victim of <coughs> did you not just put this out kind of october when you not put this out mid-october the weather's started to cool down a little it's getting halloween and spooky time and did you say the weather's starting to cool down a little yeah my, sweat, october. my sweaty back is oh oh in October not now. I'd be screaming out for I it. can't bloody yeah. wait for October, Andy. I'd love a little, just a shred of October right now, just a sliver. Just give me one mouthful of October. Just a Susan of October. Just a Susan. Just a crumb. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I don't understand. You could have, for the way we see horror movies come, uh, um, you know, and do really well because it's the season where you want to go and see a scary film. Sure, there's all kinds of actual reasons for it, and you know. Hollywood knows best, I'm sure. But um, Hollywood knows best. And, you know, maybe it's to do with the strikes and everything that's going on. Maybe they've dropped it because it just couldn't be promoted any further and that's impacting these things. But it's a shame not to have seen this really get its moment as a film that was already made. And obviously, strike action is something that is incredibly important to support because, you know, there's enough billionaires in the world, not enough people making good stuff. So... Um, absolutely back any decisions that have maybe limited its ability to be promoted and so on. But it nevertheless is a shame that we haven't seen what I think is some competently made horror and a cool chapter from, you know, a classic monster story not get a little bit more room to find to find an audience. Because I live in fear now that it is, you know, on... VOD, where people like us might seek it out, and your mom then, but um, otherwise, is it one of those things that will eventually come to a subscription streaming service and then kind of, you know, just yeah. not, just quietly exist there? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so I think check it out. I, I definitely recommend it. Um, the only other thing I've watched is I've been doing a little bit of Fright Fest catch up, things I missed. One of them is the documentary I Am Monsters with Nicholas Vince. Um, where, and I'll be interviewing him for the show tomorrow. So I don't know when that episode is going to be going live, but um, this is one thing I wanted to check out. Obviously, we met him at the event and we spoke to him and we said, yeah, we should get an interview. Let's do it. And we never saw him again. I know he was there. I've seen photos of him. Popular man in demand. But we, all over the we were show. passing like ships in the night. Um, so, yeah, we'll be doing that and I'll talk I'm more about that. I'm glad you managed to catch up on that. I've... I... 
still really want to catch up with that. I did one um, Fright Fest catch up as well. You one did? It's already available. Yeah. I watched The Dive, which we oh, yeah. couldn't see on opening night because we were off enjoying Andy Edwards and company's punch. punch. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I watched The Dive. Um, it's reductive to say it's the opposite of the fall because you're stuck underwater rather than up, up dead high. But a lot of desperate attempts for a lot of desperate attempts for survival, almost exhausting the amount of the amount of peril. And this will sound like a hideous criticism, but it's not. Like I, I think it's to the effect of the movie. Your mileage will vary, but there was bits where like, okay, this has gone wrong, and then okay, here's a plan. That that's also gone wrong, and then now this is okay, but now this is better. And I was just like, oh, just cut him a break. Let him get up. That's real life, though, Andy, all right? How many times have we go, that's all right, I'll just do this instead. Oh, that's gone wrong as well, is it? Oh, that's a bit where I'll just try this. Oh, that's broken, is it? Broken beyond repair. Sometimes it's literally that. It's like, okay, so um, you know the premise of the movie from the trailer. There's a pair of sisters who are on a dive. Their relationship is kind of strained, and that relationship thing, I'm not as nice as that sister, because the sister's quite mean in some portions. I'll be like, fine, fuck you, then drown. Um, Why don't you but, just fucking drown? Yeah. You ungrateful person. Yes, yeah, so there's there's moments there where it's like, okay, so this cave-in has happened, there's been a rock slide, the rocks have fallen into the sea, and they've, they've trapped one of the divers. Play, yeah. um, and then, you know, it's like, okay, go up to the car and uh, go into the car and go and get this extra equipment. And then, of course... I think some rocks have fallen onto their equipment, so she can't get the keys to the car. So I've got to break into the car, but now I can't get into the boot where the extra stuff is. And it's like, oh no! Just please have some good luck, please. Oh, sounds stressful. Is it too stressful? It's it's a stress. Not too stressful. Just just stressful. Just stressful enough. (coughs) And you can also there's loads of bits where if you like to play a game with some of your films. A bit like that old Cheltenham and Gloucester advert where the little boy dived for pearls. Oh, yeah. There Classic. Is, uh, you can play a game where there's bits where one of the characters has to do some free diving or they're changing equipment underwater. If you want to play along at home, you can see if you could hold your you breath. You can hold your breath. Right, yourself. You, and if you pass out and die, the film, uh, you know, there's nothing to do with the film. Don't blame the film. Well, no, it's okay because you're not going to watch it underwater unless you're playing it on hard mode. So you'll just be there. And if you run out of air, you can just have some, can't you? That's true. You just have a bit if you want. That's yeah. true. But then again, when there's no, when you're not under pressure, I'll, I'll be having that air constantly. I'll be going off oh, really, that air. You've really got to get yourself. You've I'm holding my breath with my mouth, but then I'm cheating by breathing through my nose a little bit. Do you ever do that? No, never. I told you, Ben. I respect the game too much. Okay, I believe you. When I was playing that game, when I was watching it the other day, struggling for my life. Jeez. I ain't Kate Winslet. I can't hold my breath for seven minutes. <laughs> Jesus. Seven bloody minutes. Um, is that it? Is that the, is that solid gold bottle you're drinking from? I'm drinking from the Fright Fest original solid, solid gold. gold. I apologise to anybody watching this um, live or watching it back or listening to it back. I apologise for a my sniffling, my coughing and spluttering, um, and just everything else in general. Before I start, rec- before I start recording, I thought I could cope, but no, I'm, I'm, I am struggling. So let's, let's. We'll, we'll power on, Ben. I watched two other things this week. Um, I watched. We saw the opening film of Fright Fest, Suitable Flesh, by director Joe Lynch. Yeah. We spoke about it at the time. 
his film Mayhem. Oh yeah. Um, that's only on Shudder now. So I watched Joe Lynch's Mayhem and wasn't it delightful? I really liked it. A really fun, um, a really fun movie. So Stephen Yuen, Yuen and Samara Weaving, amongst others. Yeah, what what really, do you have? Really, really charming, entertaining. It's funny. Um, it's like, I mean, the Belko experiment isn't without, you know, its oh, yeah, moments of bright humour. But this is like, um, you know, taking the humour aside just one step further. It's very tongue in cheek, very, very quotable. Really good at like, it's a good, it's a good horror hangout movie. You know, Ben, you could sit and oh, you could yeah. enjoy and watch that. And then I also watched, also on Shudder right now, 2017's Ruin Me, uh, in which it's like a real-life scare experience. Um, you know, you're recreating like a slash Ruin me. Camp out. Yeah, ruin me. Uh, and then people begin to ask questions. Uh-oh, is this a real thing? Oh. Is there real slashing going on? It always bloody happens like that, doesn't it? Good? Yeah. Yeah, it was all right. It was interesting. A little bit, uh, you know, I got twist and turn fatigue by the end. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's some there's some good merits to it. So, um, that's it, isn't it, for what we've been watching? That's all we've been watching. All that's left, then, is for questions and the Big Fright Fest Awards. The Big Fright Fest Awards, which is what, we, going first? what we will do next. Um, yeah, Fright Fest Awards next, I think. What do you think? Yeah, go on. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Apologies if I have to get my letter boxed up because I don't want to misquote anyone's name. That's if we're giving the film an well. award, we've got to make sure. Let's, let's give prepared. let's give our reasons for it, obviously. Um as is let's let's be let's be as I don't want to say quick as possible, that's not what I mean. Let's be as let's let, let, yeah. Let's not dwell on it too much because we we've covered a lot of Fright Fest. Um so First some people off, livid with jealousy. They're like, "Stop talking Stop about Fright Fest! Fest. I'm sick of hearing it. You Fright Fest this, Fright Fest that. I'm out of guts full." Um, so for the Fright, for the Fright Fest, I mean, for the Fright Fest Awards, I mean, that's tough to say. For the Flight Fest Awards, um, which may be the part of the show you were tuning in for, um, that you don't get an official award. Obviously, there's just kudos from us. We may Ben could Ben could like you know maybe. You could mock up a JPEG. If you fancy a JPEG, I can mock up a JPEG. I can mock up a PNG. If you like anything you like along those lines, I can do that. However, we're not going to send you any physical. champagne, a basket of, of, of bath oils or soaps or anything like that. That's not going to happen. It's purely based on sustainability issues. Purely really based on sustainability. So the first award, Andy, is Best Scare. Now, Ooh. I know it's, t- it's tough to fit. It is difficult to think about these, isn't it? But best scare. I'm going to So basically, everything I watched in the big main IMAX screen could constitute as having a best scare because the sound in that place is absolutely an inch of your life. It's, it's horrific. Like, it is horrific. Yeah. But in the oh. best in the best possible way, or did you hate yeah, it? Like, did yeah, like in the best in the best way, it's an overwhelming, like a sensorily overwhelming experience being in there, and it really does heighten all of the scares that it that the films are delivering. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think like anything that I could have just watched at home and been like, oh yeah, go on, we've we've seen it all before. Um, but yeah, 
I, I, I would say pretty much everything. So in terms of best scare, do you have anything in in mind for this? Oh, it's fairly hard, isn't it? It's really, it's really tough on the spot. What I should have done was do a little bit more um, preparation. Well, I know, is that, I know. What I think, you can keep thinking. If you've got one, I've got a second to think. So, of course, I want to talk about Paradolia. I want to talk about Aaron Truss's Paradolia, the short film which took place. And a short film showcase number three, which unfortunately we couldn't even attend, so we couldn't see this short film train. in the bloody big old super screen, which was super disappointing because I wanted to. Um, all the cast and crew were on, were there, and it felt like a huge event. In terms of the, sh- the, hot, the short films, it didn't feel like there was any of the other short films that had this many people attending as a big thing. Now, I'm not going to spoil this movie. Of course, I did an interview with Aaron Truss and Stuart Morris discussing the film before Fright Fest. So you can talk about it then. But there is a moment in this film, right? And it is, of course, a very sort of quiet, supernatural, um, very, very slowly paced. I say slowly paced, of course, it's a short, but it still feels like it takes its time getting around to the scares. And there is a moment, and I discussed this on the... um, There are some very iconic visuals as well, but there is a moment where I think I was a bit like, oh, ah, ooh, didn't expect that. Whoa, that, 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 that... because it was something that looked a certain way that A, I didn't expect it to, B, it felt very unique, um, and C, yeah, it just got me because you're expecting to see one thing or another and then when you see this this visual thing, and I'm, talk, I'm talking to Aaron about the, the effects that went into that as well, it was very interesting. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give my best scare to the final, I'm pretty sure it's the final shot, one of the final shots, of Paradolia because that was the one I think seeing it on the super screen it definitely would have got me it would have got me even more but even the fact that I got to watch it before the festival it still affected me um, in a way and I rewind it I had the power to rewind and watch again and you did and I did really really good choice I'm going to make a point Ben I think with the exception of if we just happen to have the same favourite absolute film for moments like this in the interest of not just saying yes what he said Pick a different thing to make sure things like that. Um, you say you're gonna you're gonna pick a different one. I'm gonna pick a different thing. I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick two. Um, you greedy so and so. One of them is a short film, and I want to gauge my. I think it's based on the reaction I had to this, and this is one of the short films called Safe. It was in I believe the first or second. I think it might be the second. Oh God, um, yeah showcase um unfortunately i couldn't find it on um i couldn't find it on letterbox so i don't have the the actors or the the director up in front of me i'll have to try and find that shortly um maybe while you're doing your next bit then but um there was a bit both me and then um uh emma who you saw it was interview who was in the showcase sat next to me on that one both of us like audibly like gasping <laughs> and i was like grabbing the back of my head out of stress watching this sport and again for a short film especially that once you find where it's accessible it's probably 10 15 minutes of your time and it's a great juxtaposition in that movie between things that are quite funny it's got some quite funny and relaxed dialogue but then just this innocence that comes together um uh, and the situation that comes in so after i would say what the threat of the film has passed and you're in a scene which is in the next morning in this 
in this house and then the true horror of what's happening really clicks into place and in one instance you know it's a um i'll be vague i don't want to spoil anything there is an animal that is in that is in danger and you're stressed about that and then the filmmakers take it to a whole secondary level another extreme and it was probably of all the films i watched the most real life discomfort i felt and it really hammered the message home of that of that film as well i think it was a phenomenal piece of short cinema and to be honest the singular moment in a film that i was most genuinely panicked second um beyond beyond that one i'm gonna go for pandemonium um for uh, filmmaker filmmaker quarks and her here you know we i think this is fairly well laid out we see just the other way just the other way around um and it isn't uh something jumps out and scares you piece of horror there are lots of phenomenal bits so there wasn't a scary monster or a creeping <coughs> creature this was the horror of absolute like bleakness and true hopelessness in in this film you know we know from the summary it's about someone entering the afterlife and then going into pandemonium the capital of, of hell itself and when he when our lead character who leads us through this anthology, this story, finds himself in this incredibly realised and upsetting and dismal hellscape. I think you mentioned when we were talking about it, it's a lot like, what's the um, Jalo film that we watched with the painting? The Beyond. It's like the, the, final, the final sequence of that. It feels like this sort of like dusty, sort of like terracotta-coloured wasteland, windy apocalyptic with, with like these lost souls just lying there just lifeless you know but not dead obviously because they're in the afterlife they're just lying there still covered <coughs> in covered in ash for this man wandering through there to experience what has what has brought them there and it is an incredibly bleak visual and I say this this is someone who well documented I think if you speak to me listen this I'm not a religious person. I don't believe you these are. things actually exist. Yeah, I know, heathen. But um, you know, these are but it's truly a shocking, shocking visual and it really does give you just the absolute dread of this place. That, like it, you would just sort of you would be like those people, right? You would have a big old sit down and just lie and be covered in ash because there is just yeah, nothing. nothing to bloody live for, mate. Get yourself down there, yeah. covered in ash. Yeah, so those those are my two big those are my two big scares that I'm going for. Non traditional, Ben, but I hope you'll forgive me. Non traditional, indeed. Okay, next up we've got best death, which I guess is fairly similar to best scare. It could be considered fairly similar to best scare. Um, however, I'm going to choose the death of Mister Bruce Davison in Suitable Flesh. Now, whether or not this person is possessed by the spirit of who he's supposed to be in that moment or somebody else entirely i just thought everything about this death the way it was committed the fact that it went alongside like a bit of a reveal in the story and then a house burning down and then a decapitation as well i just thought the visuals that were that were connected to this and it happened after a sex scene as well right um 
and the fact that the character who does the decapitate is nude. I just thought everything about it was pretty special. You know, it was pretty badass. And for for all the deaths that took place in that particular film, and again, watching it on IMAX, uh, it probably made it affect me even more so. Um, I think that is probably my best death of the weekend. I'm going to give it to that. Yeah, any any other honourable mentions you want to bring? Just like try and finalise my decision. There are a lot of great. There are a lot of great deaths in Founders Day as well. A lot of unexpected deaths or deaths of characters that perhaps you learn to love and enjoy, and you kind of think, I hope that this person survives. I hope that person survives. Or, not spoiling for Founders Day, but perhaps there's somebody that you think may be the person doing the killing, and then suddenly that person's dead so then you're like well what's going on here then so in terms of it's not deaths in terms of like what happens to them decapitated or you know ripped in two or split asunder none of that stuff it's how the deaths are sort of framed and the reveal of those deaths i thought were more were were impactful especially a particular character um played by Catherine curtin as well who we grow to love has probably the best lines in that movie and again don't want to spoil anything not going to spoil anything but I think I just did, unfortunately. But unless you go look at the cast, you won't know what character she plays. But yeah, um, really effective and great. And you know, sometimes these these deaths happened with a bit of a chuckle as well, which uh, I appreciated. Very enjoyable. Um. Okay. So for me, again, I, it's hard to do best kills or deaths without giving too much away. So again, I'll have a little bit of vagary in there. But I think um, let's. I won't. I won't duplicate. Even Vagary. though I agree with everything you've said about um, about Founders Day, <coughs> let me pull up a little bit of um, Punch. Of course, some wonderfully um, creative and brutal deaths. I would say I particularly enjoyed the um oh my god yeah, enjoyed that say. makes me sounds like a right wrong you did I, enjoy it you horrible man the, the bit where <laughs> famous misogynist mr punch encounters uh, a couple of people on a hen do that is yeah very quintessentially not only a slasher kill but i feel very specifically one that is perfectly attuned to a british seaside town slasher kill yeah it was very yeah it was very attuned I, I, and i think andy edwards and team absolutely i mean they're directing the film they put it together they wrote the brief and then after they'd written the brief they nailed it that's that very textbook very extreme um brutal sexual connotations to it as well and i think that was the moment when you realized oh hang on a minute this punch is a right nasty bastard and then um, my other award for this one, and this one could have come, could have got a mention for best scares as well, because there are some intense scenes of horror here. But I'm going to talk to you a little bit about uh, Black Mold. There is scares here that, that kills combined with what's happening versus maybe what people are experiencing. <coughs> and I think there's some phenomenal joint combination of the fear of the characters and the actions that are happening that really make some effective kills. But mm. then the absolute winners when it comes to kills, for my tastes, I cannot beat any of the kills that happened in um, in, in How to Kill Monsters. Oh, I, will may, I will maybe specifically call out to um, 
old maybe Nicholas Vince and his role in that one as well. Just yeah. a moment a moment in time. Um seeing a horror icon as uh, as Nicholas Vince and his departure from that movie. I don't feel that's a plays a small role, but um Yeah. Unexpected yeah, I, I, I think. You expected him to it to you expected it to zig and it zagged. Yeah, I, I mean and I loved all of the all of that one uh, spoilers been you're probably gonna hear me mention this film again. Yeah, I'm sure we are. Okay, so maybe next, because Best Cast is next. I thought I'd list this as a slightly different one to Best Performance, because there are a lot of great ensemble casts in uh, this festival. Uh, Obviously, I've already mentioned Founders Day. I think absolutely everybody involved in Founders Day was absolutely superb. Um, No argument. And I feel great. Yeah, and I feel exactly the same with Punch. I feel like in terms of two new slashers featuring two new slasher villains... They both did as well as either film could have done as an American film and then a British film. I felt like they just applied. They they, they, they appealed to two different sides of me. And I think both of those did really well. Um, but How to Kill Monsters probably needs to needs to have... Needs to take the crown for me. Only because, not only is Lindsay Crane amazing in the lead, but I think absolutely everybody in the supporting cast is great. Everybody's, everybody gets laughs. Everybody gets a moment of badassery when they're taking on I, some of the monsters. I don't think there's a single weak performance in in uh, How to Kill Monsters. No, so I think I would give it to obviously Raging Grace as well. In terms of the cast, I think everybody was absolutely on top form without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. But it's a completely different type of film, How to Kill Monsters, where everybody and yeah, even in the sort of smaller roles and cameo cameo roles, everybody had something to bring. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed. Everyone gets their moment in that film. Yeah, I even think. like Huang Huang Fen Fen, who is like the um, bride, like again on yes. a, on, a, on a Hindu. She gets a bloody proper action set piece where she even like sort of like taps her nose like Bruce Lee. And obviously, as I'd already watched Enter the Clones of Bruce Lee, I was right up to speed on all the mannerisms of all of these clones. And seeing her bring it to this role as well at the same festival was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Um, you, could, you could go down this this list here. Um, Lindsay Crane, you've mentioned. So, so funny. I love... She has such, such range as well. I think she is brilliant. I love June um, Chiamatacorn uh, as well. Because her, her role, yeah. Ruth, seems to be like one note to start with. Oh, she's throwing up all the time. But it had such an arc. Really enjoyed it. Really good character. Yeah, brilliant. Arc. And you have to also mention probably the man we saw on screen more than anybody else. And then we, yeah, um, then we saw him in real life as well. Johnny Vivash, uh, he, <coughs> he plays uh, a guy called Dara in this film. We also saw him in at least two short films. And then, then we saw him in two short films well. and this film Busiest, and in person. And we, UK horror actor. And we did say to him as well, we've seen you so much in this in, at this festival. Now we're seeing you in real life. Probably should have got an yeah. interview of him, but you know, we were starstruck. Seeing seeing Johnny, it, I think it, it happened a few times during the festival where I kind of walked past people in the foyer and be like, "Do I know you? Are you uh, my new dad? Uh, have, I, have I met you before? Have we met? Have I just seen you in a film? Such a surreal thing. Like, it's not just me. They've been my wife had this once. Karen once met Nell McAndrew in a top shop and was like, "You're right." Did she? Was she in? Was she in Lara Croft Tomb Raider gear by any chance? I wasn't. I don't know. I should ask if she's wearing a teal vest top at the time. A but teal vest top. Like, you do right, that. I think, yeah. You do it just right. to make sure people recognise you, wouldn't you? Are you Are you going for How to Kill Monsters as well? 
Yeah, how to kill monsters. Because I think, bearing in mind you mentioned the other one, let's take a pause and mention it. If we're between the two of us, we can have those double selections. So, how to kill monsters for an amazing cast, and then Raging Grace as well, which again we might talk about in more uh, in more detail. But particularly the young um, actor, so Jaden Page. Well, dear, I'm, sure Billy, 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 I'm sure we're yeah, going to mention Jada. I'm sure we're going to mention Jada, perhaps for the next award. Yeah, she's um, like the whole the whole cast is. Yeah, everyone's on point. Even yeah. even characters you're not supposed to like a root for. They have a sort of duality to them, which is interesting because there's so many films. You know, a lot of characters can be one note. Well, they're, they're a bad guy or a good guy. They got a heart of gold, or they stink. Not literally, but maybe literally. Um, <laughs> so yeah we're going for that should we move on to the next one yes please next one <clears throat> excuse me next one is best performance and of course I think the performance that I walked away from because it was when you go to a horror movie festival it's you're unlikely to sort of experience a performance that sticks with you and also has got such emotional is so heavy emotionally but Jaden Page uh Boadilla, I believe her surname is. The fact, that such a, <clears throat> the fact that such a young actress who's had no experience of acting before, the fact that she seems like, you know, just a supporting role in, in this story, but the fact that she becomes so front and centre, having such um, dynamism and just, just, as I said, emotional weight to her performance as well. The fact that we got to speak to her on the episode as well afterwards was great. Um that's, I mean, it's a performance that I feel like I that, that could easily, if this film gets the right eyes on it, it could easily draw super load of attention and get like awards. It could be an awards darling, um, and, and it should because you know, well, we could, we think we touched on story at the time, but such a, a good message. This isn't to take away from Max Eigenman who played um, uh, Grace's mother, uh, Joy. She was fantastic in it as well, but. Yeah, like to hear from Jaden herself and hear that like she's not Liam a... Liam Best as well. Like Liam Best, a despicable so character that you like really hate, and obviously hearing her speak afterwards, she's she's a scouser, and she was coming across as like the most well-to-do stinking Tory, like yeah. ever. It was and it... David David Heyman as well. What a guy! He broke my heart. I was like, "Oh, this is oh no, it isn't." Oh uh... my god! Because this, again, it it does so it does so well at showing you a character. You establish how you feel about that character immediately, and then as you find out more and more, for better or worse, it's insane. It's a, it's a really really special film. I think you should see it. Um, horror obviously it's got horror elements. It's not an out and out horror. If it's it's a it's a very intense sort of drama, um, family drama as well. But yeah, check it out, Rage, Raging Grace, directed by Paris. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, but if we're if we're on the award of best performance for the background she's come from, Jaden is a phenomenal choice for that. I think you know, as a first role, incredibly, incredibly, yeah, incredibly great. Do, do you have any other any other suggestions for that? Is that your choice as well? Um, yeah, you know what? Well, let's well. Uh, I, this is a bit like the bloody Oscars, Ben. When you when you've picked favourites, things that have really, you know, resonated with you, they'll come up again. I'll reiterate: we're talking good performances. Um, we spoke to the entire cast, but Lindsay Crane is just so compelling as a horror character, and I think she has great 
yeah. comedy chops. She can do um, no wrong. I, I'm very happy to, and you know, I was a fan already from things like her role in Eating Miss Campbell and stuff already. Monsters um, as well. Really, just this is someone who can deliver just a really enjoyable, fun horror performance as an action hero, as a victim in some places, like does does the spectrum and is compelling. Goes a little bit evil there. as well. Yeah. There's some there's some there's all no kinds of there's all kinds of stuff going on <clears> there and just very enjoyable. And you know, for Jaden and for Lindsay, um, desperately not trying to be carried by the fact they got to speak to them both and they're both very nice. But um but yeah, really, really good. Good times. Um, okay, so now we move on to best short. Not best shorts, because I think you will agree they were mine. I was pretty much in shorts for the duration of the festival. It was ever so warm, you know? I needed to get those legs breathed. That's why I'm I'm in shorts right now as well. Too much. Anyway, enough about my shorts. Best shorts. Uh, Andy, have you got any, any for this? Do you want me to go ahead? Because obviously I've already mentioned Paradolia. Um, so before I mention Paradolia again, I'm going to mention Knock Knock, and in brackets, Knock Again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this was a, this was a short that I found really enjoyable, um, incredibly funny, uh, cutting, had a very distinct humour to it, and was was a great concept. I loved it as a concept as well. I really did enjoy it. I also enjoyed Tiny Terror, T- Tiny Terror. I should have the Tiny Terror. It's like a small thing or something like that. Again, this is one of those that I couldn't find listed on Letterboxd. Yes, the fly, the fly, yeah, the, the fly, in the, fly ear. in the ear. Put a flea in your ear, fly in the ear. Obviously, genuinely terrifying. And I think ever since I've seen that, every time a fly goes near my ear, I start overthinking it. Look your ears up. That's exactly what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, in terms of most accomplished short, let's. It's going to have to give it to Paradolia because, in terms of the people involved, from Diane Franklin. Uh, Sandy Johnson um, and everybody everybody else in the supporting cast as well the fact that we go from like a mortuary to uh, to, to like a creepy cottage um, I think atmosphere is great cinematography is great it's written tightly it's one of those things that I think when you watch a short and you kind of think I would like to see this as a feature that is when you know it's 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 a good it's a good short isn't it it's got legs it's seriously got legs and that final reveal as well I think was incredible um and yeah, I was getting vibes of um, Autopsy of Jane Doe, and even even like some of the Conjuring movies to a degree, like British set, the second Conjuring movie as well, um, Enfield Haunting, very creepy, very very British. And I get reminded like Strange but True with um, what's his name? What's his flavour? This is your life. Michael Aspel. Michael Aspel, Strange but True of Michael Aspel, which is a staple of my. Um, of, of my like youth where I used to watch it and be absolutely terrified and go to bed like thinking about all all the things that looked creepy in the corner the pile of clothes that, that oh is that a person oh, it's just a pile of, it's just my bloody football kit for tomorrow um effective so yeah Paradolia Aaron Truss and everybody else involved well done yeah. hard to argue against any of those all ones I enjoyed as well uh, Paradolia knock knock in brackets knock again um the, the something small one. I have one more that I would that I would mention then, and that one was I believe the <laughs> short which finished off our first um, 
short film showcase, which was a 2022 film called Kickstart My Heart. Were you in for that one? Did you see that one? Oh yeah, I saw Kickstart My Heart. Yeah, that was great. Action. My Heart Action was, was insane. so good. So well choreographed. Some incredible, incredible fight scenes. Um, and, based, and, and based on a real life event. Yeah, I, I think the fact that it was based on a real life event made it all the more powerful. And then thankfully, this is one I can speak about in detail because not spoiling the film. So we watched this incredible film about a um, a, young, a young girl who is hit by a car as she begins her run and then she finds herself waking up in this childhood bedroom and basically battling demonic creatures that look like people she knows to fight her way back, encouraged by the voice of her younger brother, um, fight her way back to life. And phenomenally choreographed fight scenes, some just fun slapstick like over the top violence in places as well and in this incredible <coughs> battle and we watched this film and we enjoyed it and we we see this girl struggle to basically to to stay alive to be able to stay in her body and then as we close we see some footage of the young woman that it's actually based on so some real life act, uh, in, like some real life from a tasteful distance um, video of an accident that she was really involved in and then we're seeing her recover her mobility to get back to be able to try and have a normal you know I think a, a terrible life changing injury is difficult for anyone but especially someone who was obviously an athlete and so much into physical activity beforehand mm. and then to see her go through that rehabilitation process just in that last couple of minutes and those few clips of the real person it took what had been an excellent piece of entertainment and gave you a whole additional emotional spectrum to that because like, holy shit, this is a thing that people have And Also, some of the narrative elements appear to have been based on elements of your life as well. And like, I came away from that thinking, God, I'd love to hear more about that story. I'd love yeah. to read about more what happened. And so at the end, we get to see some, some clips and some. Yeah, it was great. Brilliant. Yeah, stuff. But genuinely, on those short film showcases, didn't see a film I didn't enjoy. Yeah. Um, okay, so next up we have got best director. Um, okay, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on this, or I can jump straight in, Andy. Don't want to. Um, I will give you uh, two. Again, we're, again, if this I've mentioned both the films, so I'll I'll touch on them only very briefly. Um, Quarks for Pandemonium, I think, did a phenomenal job at um, setting those scenes and making the most of those in like incredible, incredible visual work. Um, oh, I kind of want three again. You know, honourable mention. Black Mold was great. I love the fact that the director, um, whose name I will pull up here because I don't want to only partially credit him. His full name is John Pater or Pater. Um, John was such a nice guy and the very fact that he had spent so much time um, scouting these abandoned locations that yeah. would make really compelling locations for him for his film. Uh, and the personal element of the story as well, his own coping with um, family matters and so on. 
incredible story and again a bit like the end of kickstart my heart knowing that the process that went into it made it um all the more enjoyable for me but then my big winner because if it hasn't been sports road i fucking love this movie <laughs> how to kill monsters and again what a what a nice person truly truly making something he was really interested in so uh Stuart spark the director um they built a film and of course the the writing team as well Tamworth, one of Tamworth's own um creating something that was their passion the films that they wanted to make and really embracing the practical effects not pulling punches not wanting to you know just take the perhaps the route one way of going with CGI the fact that they even went out for work that used miniatures and so on really a commitment to practical storytelling and tangible tangible stuff for, for all of them such different reasons and to be honest i could mention another half dozen films that had some great direction that i loved but good to my head gonna give it to stuart because it's just it's just a film that i just enjoyed stuart so Spike. so so much yeah awesome uh okay my best director is takeshi kushida from my mother's eyes now of course we spoke to takeshi before the event we spoke to him at the event. We spent some time with him. We hung out with him. We had some drinks. Um, and it was great to sort of get to know him. And I think that helped me understand the vision of this movie a little bit more. And also the fact that I saw it twice. So I saw it before the event. And I saw it again with him um, in IMAX uh, the, at the premiere at Fright Fest. And understanding that, hearing so much about how the film came together, the process of the movie, it's kind of like a story of family but also a story of technology and technology going too far um and obviously yeah horror body horror as well but the fact that we found out that takeshi had put so much into the sound of this movie as well he did all the sound recorded all the sound himself separately didn't record any sound when he made the movie the fact there was eight days of a shoot for that it's incredible the fact that the main actors had never acted before the main two roles at least um i think all of that combined with Takeshi's vision, the, the the visual style that he's got going on, the story, um, all of that, and finding out more about him, meeting him, chatting to him. He's so humble, such a lovely guy as well. I think for me, I can't I can't think of anything else I'd want to give it to. Obviously, there are some amazing films on, on the show. Um, Paris Zarcilla for um, Raging Grace, I think is an absolute barnstorming first feature movie. <laughs> But this for Takeshi is 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 unreal, and of course, um, Woman of the Photographs, his previous movie, his first movie, sorry, which he gave me on Blu-ray. Still, I still need to watch it. I'm still on the Fright Fest come down, but I can't wait. Can't wait to check that out and see what that's like as well. Yeah, I think in saying all of this, you could have told me any of those things that either of us just rattled off was the best film from the festival and I would not argue with you that being your favourite which I think is don't bloody argue I'd with to, me mate I'd love to reframe this I'm not going to say best performance best director best short film just our favourites just, just, just our favourites yeah I know we've listed them as best favorite. we've listed them as best on, on, on the official on the official uh, award name but still our favourites yeah um, but yeah, our favourites for sure, because there's so many more that I think are worth incredible amounts of praise for things that 
the things that they did, the approach that they that they had. You know, tell you what, I'll throw some throw some out that you heard. I think they I think Stephen Pierce had an excellent reveal drop on that one. I think it was really good. Suitable flesh. I've never had such an intense IMAX experience in my life. Yeah. Um, you know, that was that was incredible. We haven't touched upon things like um there was definitely one more I wanted to hit. Oh, the seeding. Um the seeding of film I was incredibly so Barnaby Clay, the director of that one, a lot like um when I was talking about um Black Mold, the seeding also did a phenomenal job of scouting locations and making a fantastic use of a physical space that they were making that film in. Mm. There wasn't like I, there was such an amazing wealth, an embarrassment of riches. I'm going to say when an it comes to the riches, these riches are bloody embarrassing. It's so embarrassed, but like Scrooge McDuck swimming in my money bin of talent here. There was so much, like, so much good stuff. I feel like we've we've mentioned a lot of these films anyway, but for 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 the next few categories. Um, <laughs> So in terms of best feature, now we we said what our three favourites were at the end of the. We did. Do you remember? We you... did it. We did. We did an on the spot pick. Bloody hell! I can't pick. remember which one I chose. It is so. I think for me, best feature because of everything I said before. Ben Scaife is in the is in the uh, YouTube chat. Hello, Ben. Scaife. Hey Ben. Um, because of everything I just said. Now, usually at the, when it, when the Oscars rolls around, you're like. Surely best feature and best director should be the same, right? But it obviously doesn't quite work out like that. But for this one, I think I'm going to go for it because um, now it's a toss-up for me, as I said, between... I think the ones for me that affected me the most, I've been thinking about the most. My Mother's Eyes, number one, because I, I feel like I understood so much more about the film because of, of a repeat viewing. Raging Grace, because of the emotional, heavy story. Finder's Day and Punch are both fantastic modern slasher movies that I think injected new life into uh, the genre, subgenre. And even things like the J-Horror Virus, which was a documentary that has made me go, I want to watch all of the J-Horror. All of the J-Horror that's ever happened, that's ever been released. Mm -hmm. I want it all. Um, but yeah, I think My Mother's Eyes is probably number one. And fair enough because this is your favorite feature but there'll be too many letters to fit in that little box so yeah exactly a, a fair a fair answer then and i think the same i need to be true to who i am and understand where i am in this world all the same things that you have said mother's eyes phenomenal piece of cinema um suitable flesh like just a roller coaster to experience the seeding great settings the black mold like an emotional and like psychological journey but i have to accept who i am in this world and for me my favorite feature the film that i have been smiling about ever since and probably the film i will watch again in the at the earliest opportunity will be um how to kill how to kill monsters so not saying it's the best, not saying nothing else has wonderful merits, because if you had, you know, if you look on our letterbox, you look at the films I was talking about, I would absolutely tell you any of the films we've been talking about in this section, seek them out when they're available, go watch them. A lot of them independent horror filmmakers, if they get a cinema release, get yourself out there, go and see them live. 
a lot of them doing other festival circuits as well. So the world doesn't stop at London as much we keep reminding people at the UK. Whether you're UK, US, the rest of Europe, a lot of these films will be appearing at other festivals. Mm-hmm. Have a look if there's one near you. If you get the chance to go and see them, go see them, support them so they have the better chance at getting a cinematic or at least a really prominent streaming release. Go and tell the people that you like what they're doing because there's so much talent here that could be making good stuff. But yeah, yeah to, to summarise, I know who I am and my favourite film I'm coming away from is probably How to Kill Monsters. Uh, I mean, great choice. And the next category is Best Hangout Film. And I'm going to choose How to Kill Monsters for that one because, of course, they, they sort of advertise... Well, they kind of talk about it as being a, a great Saturday night movie. And... Yeah, it is that. And the fact that with all the laughs involved, I think the best possible hangout movie is to watch it with the cast there as well because seeing, seeing their reactions and everything was great and everybody laughing when certain people appeared on screen and certain things happened. I think that is probably the best hangout movie, I would say. Based on our rule then of mentioning something different, Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you another one. Um, okay. i tell you what, um, you've mentioned Founders Day, but we've talked about that. I think that's a fantastic because slashes always are. A great one. Yeah. Um, and we've talked punch already as well. So let me give you a different a different flavour. I think it was probably a wild time to run a horror hangout movie. And also, the season's coming. We've got Halloween coming up, but quickly on its heels will come <coughs> Christmas time as well. Um, we spoke to Errol, um Hales, the, the director. We spoke with Emily Booth. We spoke with a number of other folks that were in the film we spoke with Catherine briefly, I believe, on a dance floor in a pub at three in the morning. We weren't <laughs> mic'd up then. You um, weren't mic'd up? That's a shame. No, I wasn't mic'd up. Sorry. That's a shame. Uh, ever so sorry. Um, but that also strikes me as a film, separate from all the ones we've already mentioned, that is an ideal hangout movie. And I also think as well, like, if you're if you partake in... Um, you know, on Shudder, Joe Bob and the the last drive in there. Um, you know, he features in the movie anyway. That is the type of movie that I think was made for that type of show. For you to be watching and commenting along if you're virtual or to be sitting yeah. with friends and watching. That is the intended audience. A little like Punch, like it as well, both of them. Looking at that Hastings UK set and what they can bring to the, uh, turning that location <laughs> to a horror centre of excellence for UK independent horror. Um, those are the films that I think. Um, but I'll give Werewolf Santa a shout out there for yeah. a, a good hanging out movie. Brilliant. Uh, Sufyan Patel, hello. Says he's saying hello to us on uh, on the YouTube. He also says, "What's your favourite horror film?" That's a big old question. That is maybe a question for another episode. Uh, Mine's probably the okay. thing. Oh, you bags the first one. Yeah, the thing is really good. Yeah, we both love a thing. All right. It's hard to top the thing, but you know what? Then interest of something different. Evil Dead Two. Evil Dead Two. There we go. Uh, favorite horror film of Fright Fest, though, Sufjan. Um, I've gone for My Mother's Eyes, and he's gone for How to Kill Monsters. So yeah. check, check both of those out. Sufjan. Next up, honorable mention. Now, I've got honorable mention and wild card as the next two. So let's go honorable mention. Um, J Horror Virus. I know I mentioned. I already have mentioned it, so in a way, I'm honourably mentioning it again. But great documentary. I, obviously, we've got um, Sarah and Jasper joining us on the show to discuss the Grudge. 
very soon, uh, later this month, which is awesome. But yeah, it made me go, I want to watch all of these movies. My made my watch list grow exponentially, and I think that's yes, when you know you've watched a great documentary. And in terms of who they got to chat to as well, stars and um, stars, and of course uh, filmmakers as well. I think it was great. So Jay Horovirus for me. I've been sneaking in honorable mentions, Death Crown Center. Anyone would think I was indecisive then, but um, as one of the films I only mentioned very briefly. Um, let me give an extra prop to the to the seeding. I thought it had an excellent story, and it was. I think it's worth an honourable, an honourable mention. It was. Um, yeah. It was something that I didn't know what I was expecting when I went in. In fact, like much to our shame, I was debating at this point. Oh, I haven't read much about the seeding. Do I go into this, or is this an opportunity for us to actually grab some lunch for a bit, so a bit fresh for the next one? Never been so bad that I went in and caught some. You could have been having a, a, se- a seedless bread, a seedless bread yeah. on sandwich, but instead you went and got a seeding. Yeah, which is lovely. Um, the best seeding I had all day. The best seeding you had all day. Uh, wild card, maybe something a little bit that you weren't expecting to enjoy, or you weren't expecting to even watch, but you did. Um, I'm going to give it to Mancunian Man: The Legendary Life of Cliff Twemlow, directed by Jake West, who's joining us on the show for Phantasm Two very soon. Because this is a documentary about a man I've never heard of, some sort of Mancunian film star in the 1980s making super, super low-budget action, um, and there was a horror movie in there, and it was mad, like, including, like, again, incredibly British, um, and I think when we were at the screening, it was just great to see a load of old fellas, who clearly this was like their life and love, and then it's on the bloody IMAX screen, Cliff Twemlow obviously passed away a while ago. But people who knew him and people who were in the films he was in as well, just seeing the story of his life, it just felt like a really personal story. Um, and again, I wouldn't necessarily consider it a horror movie from Fright Fest, but I think if you like a documentary about a journeyman type, definitely, definitely check it out. Okay. What have you got for uh, me? Wildcard wild mentions. I mean, I think it's probably graduated from just being pure wildcard status i think as i walked out of raging grace that was a wildcard because that was not yeah. what i was expecting from the festival it was not what i was expecting from the film and again a bit like the seeding i was having been to the seeding i was like okay am i going to take a break now am i going to go for one i went for raging Grace. i'm so glad i did because i didn't know what yeah, to expect. i knew nothing about it and just from the title raging grace were you just thinking Someone called Grace goes on a rager, get, get, yeah. uh, gets vengeance on people for doing something. Yeah, and it, and it wasn't that at all. And it's not traditional genre cinema. I'm so glad they picked it. But because we spoke so much about how, how high that ended up in our esteems, I want to give some focus uh, elsewhere for the wild card. So my wild card pick is going to be the midnight movie we caught on the Saturday and talk about oh, transmission yeah. a little bit. Okay. And I think it's worth paying attention to transition. So Michael Hurst, Mike Hurst, we spoke to him after it had, had run. And I think a phenomenal just bit of insight to his life as a filmmaker, someone who is making who, who very successful director. He picks up jobs. He's working for IPs and franchises and he's been given so much... Um, direction and work for hire almost in which it's being said 
we want you to do this. These are the beats you want you to hit. Go away and write it and then come away and direct it for us for, you know, your sci-fi channels and the like as well. But to then see a filmmaker like that be able to take a step back and, you know, I think he mentioned in his interview with you, not only writing and directing that, but also financing it. So, you know, a filmmaker who has been working on behalf of other yeah. people, really looking to make something that he is interested in and is a passion project for him. And, you know, again, the, the experience of being at the showcase we were at, the director of this film was sat with one seat in between us, between you and him, right? And there was like your seat and then there was a gap and then your director is sitting right there. And, and I picked this up from a lot of people who we were sat near or within eye, eye line of. The nerves that those people have of creating something they truly care about and you can see the difference. I think Mike was quite open in the fact he has made things that, you know, are a product of what their budget and the level of focus from the production company is. And he doesn't need to worry about how they're how they're perceived, but to see something that someone was truly passionate about. And, you know, I've been digging into some of the things that could be influenced that I'm currently my horror watch on the go is I'm watching Terrorvision right now, which has, you know, touchstones of what we see in transmission. Really interesting project and I think they pitched it just right as a midnight movie i could imagine you say midnight is to be a.m is the new midnight right? so luke condor could have got in from his 4 a.m pub night and flicked <laughs> on the tv and caught transmission yeah. halfway through and that would be an almost david lynchian experience him getting in and watching that movie um so as a wild card i'll give a mention to a film we haven't spoken about in some of those others and yeah big up transmission okay next film we missed that perhaps we would like to check out now. Um, obviously, we did miss I Am Monsters, but I've seen it now. So obviously doing my interview with Nicholas Vince, looking forward to doing that. Um, but yeah, there were a few. It Lives Inside, for me, was definitely one where I I want to check that out, and I will. I think it's, it's getting a cinema release in um, October. Haunted Ulster Live is another one I wanted to check out. Um, Home Sweet Home, I think you told me about um, I didn't catch well. Home Sweet Home Where Evil Lives. I've read about it and I'm desperate to go and see it. That's on my list along with Haunted Ulster Live, hearing what John had to say about both T-Blockers oh, yeah, and, um, and A-Ties was, was really impressive. I would love to try and catch The Black Mass, um, which again, I've heard really, really good things about. So... There's Black Mold lots. for me as well. I didn't see that, but you did. Oh, and the scene. Hurry up and see Black Mold. Yeah, hurry up, will you? If you could. Let me just have a look at my watch list, Ben, and see if there's anything else that I'm really keen to catch sooner rather than later. The more I heard good things about, um, I would really love to catch that one. We'll have to watch as many as we can. Those, yeah, those, those, those are the main ones because I would have loved. You know, I could have spent another week there and tried to catch, and tried to catch everything. But the those ones I just mentioned are all ones that I I think would like to see as soon as possible. Yeah, as soon as the opportunity presents itself. As soon as the opportunity presents itself, definitely. And the final 
The final one is biggest surprise. Now, I would say easily for me that Raging Grace is probably the biggest surprise. And the reason I say that is because, I yeah, I knew next to nothing about it. And I knew next to nothing about it. And coming out of it, I was like, not just pleasantly surprised, like very, very affected by it. So incredibly incredibly affected and into that i would say probably the best one for me biggest surprise um apart from that you know maybe punch because i felt like i knew what i was getting into like i was seaside slasher it's gonna i can kind of know what i'm gonna expect didn't expect to enjoy it half as much as i did and in terms of the cast i think everybody was great um some decent reveals as well so yeah biggest surprise yeah. for me i'm gonna go oh let's go for a punch then yeah because i was yeah I think in terms of yeah. a new slasher, it was it was up there. Yeah, I, I don't want to at risk of, <coughs> like while trying to back off to not be repetitive. I don't want to undersell how surprised I was by Raging Grace. So we'll say it like I was incredibly, incredibly surprised by that. But in order to get a mix of it up, I will also talk a little bit about um, maybe suitable flesh for biggest surprise as well. And again, that might partially be down to being the first film we saw on that enormous screen and just the sensory output of it. Um, but also, you know what? There's there's other surprises to be had here. Like Heather Graham's performance, like I think as maybe one of the better known names in there as well, that was not a performance I thought I would see from Yeah, yeah, definitely. From Heather Graham. It was a really wild it was a really wild time. And also, like, a lot more, you know, for something that's based on H.P. Lovecraft's story, I think phenomenally adapted to make it feel contemporary as well. So let's call that as another as another surprise. I yeah. felt like that was one of the films I could go in having expectations with, and then they were absolutely turned on the head and surpassed. Turned on their arse. Okay, there we go. That is it. That's our Fright Fest Awards. We will probably put someone out on socials to, to list everything that we've um, done just in case anybody misses that um but yeah i guess we should move on because we've still got a couple of bits to cover before we round out episode 300 the live the live episode live stream um how exciting extravaganza extravaganza yeah. it's definitely an extravaganza so what are you able to like minim- get rid of a few tabs as we've gone through this ben so you're not still got so many rooms uh, I've closed a few tabs, yeah, but yes, is that, it is pretty much from tabs. it is pretty much bloody carnage right now in in Tabland. Okay, next bit, I want to do a little preview of the Horror Hangout book. I know we've been talking about it forever, and even sometimes we have um, put little chapters on Patreon. We haven't done that in a while, but on Patreon, but it is coming. The, the progress is being made. But I thought I'd just give everybody a little bit of a look at the layout of it and how it's going to look in comparison to our episodes, of course. Now, we've got a little bit of a write-up on the movie. We've got all the standard facts of the movie, um, taglines, scores, everything that we would usually do. But also, we've picked out, obviously, got some images. We've got some did-you-know facts. We've picked out some nice little, <laughs> little parts of that text um to highlight it but yeah i'll just give you a little bit of a, of a of a rundown of some of the pages and some of the movies we've covered so far currently not entirely sure when this is going to be finished i thought i'd share it as an extra special little thing for episode 300 just because i want everybody to know that it is happening 
we do want to publish it eventually just alongside the podcast and everything else we do especially fright fest it has proven difficult to to get it down but we're, we're slowly chipping away at it let's say it will be released it's like, it's like the editing ben's doing the lion's share of this stuff i pull my finger out we could be doing it like that i should don't, should be more helpful blame yourself. but you're working so hard on it i'm absolutely happy to um so yeah of course we've got a horror hangout rating as well which of course your um excel spreadsheet has gone towards which is obviously very handy so some of the films we're covering i don't know if you can see this andy can you see this I can see this. So you're looking at Poltergeist on the version I can see right now. I'm not sure how live that is, or I'm seeing it back through YouTube. So you're turning you're turning a little bit behind me, but yeah. So things like Thirteen Ghosts, including we have some full pages with some of our favourite little um, in jokes from the podcast. Of course, but they, they won't just be for people who listen to the show. Hopefully, for people to discover the show as well. Matthew Lillard can't stop jizzing in Thirteen Ghosts. Is our rating, you can argue with us on our rating as well, is our rating correct or not? Um, we're going to try and make the most of some of our extra content as well, like quizzes and stuff like that. Make We want to add some sort of um, element of, of... That's unique to how we go with the podcast. Unique to how we go book. with the podcast and we want people to participate as well in the uh, book. Ben, um, if, if you can get this into your format, sorry, live workshopping all of your hard work, but what I would love <laughs> is... You know, people can add their own ratings to the movie. I would love a box on this. So people could be encouraged add to write in pen in their Get in, get their in Sharpie your rating. What I, what, I would, what I would really love is for one day, like an unblemished copy of the Horror Hangout book to be worth loads of money because all the copies that people can pick up in charity shops and on eBay have all been written in. They've all been and scribbled there'll be some, in. There'll be someone with a treasured copy that they've never touched a treasured copy that they've never ever touched exactly um so yeah maybe, maybe I'm, things I'm like all put, i'm all for putting in add your own, that you can write your answers in add, add your, your own, own ratings, ratings maybe things like add to watch list of course you'll have to go and add it to something official like letterbox but nothing matt but if you want to just get a little cross in it treat it like the argos catalog why don't you um yes. another, circle it and then leave it out for your partner or parents to say can I have this film, please? Can I have this film, please? I really want to watch this film. Uh, the Wicker Man, Shagging the Landlord's Daughter. A song about shagging the landlord's daughter. Do you want to know what we thought about that? Of course you do. Um, read about it in the book. But yeah, the Did You Know... Would have saved his life, Edward Woodward, if he exactly. just shagged the landlord's daughter. Um, outsider enters a tightly knit, mysterious village community. And interesting enough, um, everyone's wearing tightly knit jumpers as well. So... So that's how that's how tightly the community's got their names. Exactly. That's how, that's exactly how it happened. Um, okay, things like "Let the Right One In" as well we'll be covering. Obviously, that was a long time ago. I think that was one of the A plus movies that we did as well, wasn't it? It's before my time, even even then. Exactly. Um, so yeah, just a little bit of a. We'll be covering the best. We'll be covering the worst. Resident Evil, that's one of them. I had a lot to say about Resident Evil. I'd probably write a whole book on Resident Evil. I won't, of course. Nobody wants that. Um, but yeah, the best and the worst of things like Audition. An absolute classic. We've got lots to say about that. Kiri, Kiri, Kiri. Life-size Sabutio Man. Which is one of the quotes. I mean, obviously, our humour will remain throughout the book. Um, some of the things that we've said in episode that maybe... They shouldn't just be in episode. They should be 
in writing forever for us committed, to remember. Committed forever for you committed to, to remember page. fondly or get withered by in the future. Yeah. So we're hoping to make this like a fairly big, maybe like a square format book um, with lots of visuals, some full page images, um, lots of input from all three of us. And yeah, some quizzes, some extra bits of things that you can participate in as well. But also, if you don't want to participate, you can just read and ch chortle along. Um, safe. Ask, safe. Ask Maybe you will have the treasured copy that has not been penned in. Exactly. Ask yourself questions like, is Leatherface a qualified butcher? He could be. He might be. Probably not. Um, what was the licensing of butchers like in the nineteen in the nineteen sixties? Maybe I'll have to maybe I'll have to look that in. There Did you nothing. know? Actually, anyone could be a butcher in nineteen sixties Texas. Even there's an old bloody chapter in there about session nine. We've not even covered that on the show. We maybe should for a completionist. Yeah, I feel like that has to be. Maybe <laughs> you could do session nine on the week that the the book is released. So yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. I think it's because I watched it. and I was like, yeah, I'm going to write about this. Um, Without really knowing why. Um, what else? Carrie. That's a great film. Pet Cemetery. We all want to know what we think about that. Uh, Kill List. Enjoyed writing that chapter. That was one of the first chapters written for the book as well. Kill List. Um, oh, here's some good stuff. Alone in the Dark. The Uwe Ball movie. That's how you say his name, isn't it? Um, Uwe Ball, yeah. How do you feel? I'm going I'm to ruin a pun. Ruin one of the puns I've got. In 2006, Yui challenged a series of film a series of film critics to boxing matches and beat the crap out of them. Raging Ball. You like hey, very good, very good pun work. You like that? Also, didn't we just learn? I think we were talking to someone about it at Fright Fest that obviously Uwe Ball as a film director challenging those critics to boxing matches. I didn't know this that he's also you know a keen boxer so it's not just yeah it's not a yeah, laugh i'm a real good it's like going i'm a dead good fighter i'm, a, I'm shit hot at chess i challenge you let's let's put it all to one side and go head to head at a chess match to work out who's the best it's like maybe you're real good at chess yeah this what, is like why this is like my this is like my own tactic when i'm at a bowling alley and i'm absolutely eating shit at bowling and i'm like oh do you want to go on do you want to go on the Daytona USA? I'm not bad at that. I'm not bad at that. I make, like, try and redeem myself with a bit of, like, get yeah. a bit of self-esteem back by beating them. I think I know I'm decent. Yeah, that's right. So here we describe Alone in the Dark as an incoherent, gaping asshole of a movie. I mean, he's coming for you. You'll you'll be enemies with him, like Raging the director Ball. of, like the director of. Oh um, no, we've made up now. We've made Have up. Have you made up? Yeah, in my head at least. Uh, yeah, oh, you so, might still be bearing that. You might be getting ready to box you at any time. The Blair Witch Project. The Devil Rides Out um, with a toddler-sized goat man. The thi I think we're we're about like a hundred pages in. It would be nice to get a good couple. Three hundred pages. Fuck's sake! Why have you done this? Uh, <laughs> Just say numbers. Five hundred. Five hundred million dollars. Uh, yeah. So a toddler-sized goat man. Seeing it like this, though, is the kind of thing where I think, yeah, dedicate some more time to this. It'd be nice to make it an actual thing. Um, I know we've been up and on about it for ages and ages, but it's just one of those extra things alongside the podcast, which is a lot of work in itself. That... You've, got, you've got, got jobs to do as well. I've got to pay the mortgage. Well, you become... might. <laughs> you become Patreon millionaire, so this can be a full-time <laughs> job. Then you can make books all day long. But otherwise, Well, that's the thing. Now, Fright Fest. Now you've, Fright... Got to, you've got to fit it in. 
now Fright Fest is out of the way, perhaps Patreon is going to go towards some of the book production, um, whether that's printing the book once it's finished or anything like that. Um, yeah, that'll go towards that. Jermaine, incredible and inexplicably sexy in what we do in the shadows. I realise that there's an audio version of this podcast as well. I'll probably say what's happening. Um, Halloween, a whole chapter about Haddonfield's own serial stabber. That's in there. The blog. Mike Myers. Do we, about... do we cover where he learns to drive? Mike Myers. Uh, he le- yeah, he learned, learned how to drive. And dra- he learned how to drive while in a mental Dress as a ghost. Um, also, this next chapter about the blob, we do remakes as well. The titular beast is the same colour as what, Andy? Um, me, Andy. <laughs> like, um, it's not the, I mean, I guess I am pink, but not like... Um, What's it the same colour as, the blob? Um, Gak. The same colour as soothing child medication oh, cowpaw. Yes. It is. It's like you've been cowpulled off. It's like you've been cowpulled off. Oh, what a delicious way to go. Imagine actually being killed by cowpulled. It'd be horrible, wouldn't it? Of its intention. We've got the fog. We're talking about the fog. You get where, where people get well and truly fogged. Uh, Candyman. Candyman. Yeah, don't say his name in the same Don't say his name. Uh, forever. Candyman. Candyman. One takeaway from Candyman is the bees. I'm forever scarred by Macaulay Culkin dying from a bee sting in My Girl. Yeah. Candyman. I'm more scarred by that than Candyman. Candyman, not named after the famous Marvel superhero who was bitten by a radioactive candy. That's awesome. awful. L- reading, back, <laughs> reading back some of these, I'm going, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> He's sitting there going, have we got funnier? I don't know. <laughs> have they got funnier? Yes. The answer is yes. Uh, the Relic. Now, if we're going to talk about underrated movies, The Relic is one of them. Um, Although, I feel like going through this book as you are, we're kind of given me a moment to revisit my thoughts on the film in the episode. I know my take on the relic was come for the late nineties creature feature stay for the surprising amount of information on Chicago's history and infrastructure. And I love a museum based movie. Uh, well, okay. So ring Ringu as well. Um, Ringu, the DVD wouldn't do something as bad as that videotape, that videotape. Um, Maybe I'm giving it too much kudos. Um, so yeah, I'm just, we're, I'm just thinking to... this, man. We're, we're rattling through there, and I know one of the last guests on the live stream you shouted out was friend of the show and former guest when we uh, spoke about some ape films. Um, ben yeah. Skate was on there. Have you got a page for Congo? There's no page for Congo yet. Sorted out. Come on. Yet. Okay. Yet. That should be chapter one. Chapter I mean, otherwise, one. if people are in their waterstones <laughs> looking through. Yeah. How do we know we're going to get them onto page two if the first one they see when they open isn't 90s horror, sci-fi, action, family, classic, adventure film, also horror, um, Congo? Yeah. Well, well, we'll review that off episode, Andy. You know how I feel. And we can, we can start it a bit like we're going to do the Unbombo episode, way down deep in the middle of the Congo, but instead of talking about the fruits that go into the now defunct uh, fruit squash drink, we could just talk a bit about the plot. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, and the last chapter I've got here is Ringu, so sopping wet and all wrinkly like she'd been in the bathroom way too long. Um, the 2001 UK DVD release in the back cover carries a disclaimer stating that the distributor accepts no responsibility for any injuries or fatalities that may occur, occur I can't say that, or 
during or after the viewing of this video cassette it was a DVD, wasn't it? Way to wash your hands of that, isn't it? Yeah. What's that? You wake up all ringed, ringooed, videotaped. I mean, has Sadako been slightly nerfed or that no one's got a landline anymore? She can't yeah. ring you, can she, to say she can't ring you, seven yeah. days. And if you haven't been properly notified, I think you have, you know, that contract hasn't really been fulfilled. If she turns up seven days and hasn't called ahead. Exactly. It's like the landlord coming. Inspection, you'd say, get to fuck me. Shaggy and the landlord's daughter. Um... Okay, so that's a, well, that's a good look at the book. Nearly 100 pages. Less, we're going to keep working on it. 400 to go. If there are any particular films that we've covered or any particular episodes that we've done where you think that's going to make a cracking book chapter, please let us know. Um, would, you like, would you like Ben to do a whole pronunciation guide into how to knock, not fuck up saying Fright Fest and accidentally saying Flight Fest? Just Flight Fest crossed out. And then say Fright Fest. That's how you do it. Little tick. Flight Fest. <clears throat> um, the last bit, Andy, which is uh, the roulette randomizer. But the, ru- the wheel of questions. Here's the thing. Let's make this quick. Let's make this a, qu- a fairly quick fire thing. Okay, so just answer. It's, it's a question yeah. slash theme. So the theme may be like a certain type of monster or enemy from a movie. A country of distribution, an actor, a score, a kill, Not best, a twist, favorite. an icon, favourite, all favourites. So we're going to spin the wheel and hopefully get an interesting little... Um, but you're not going to see it, so I'm going to have to tell you. You are going to see yeah, it. Yeah, you're going to have to tell me because it'll be a few seconds behind when I see it. But I will ask you first, okay? Okay. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Spin the wheel, the roulette randomizer wheel of horror... Hangout. Here we go. The first topic is remake. Andy, what is your favourite re- horror remake? Oh, favourite horror me- remake. I'm not going to be a wanker and say the thing because let's face it, it's old enough. Um, my favourite horror remake is the Blob. Of course, it's the Blob. Blob, cowpaw man himself. Uh. The Thing and the Fly would be good choices, but yeah, old enough, of course. They're, they're wanky answers, do you? Probably. Dawn of the Dead. Oh, Black Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. A visceral, terrifying, bloody zombie film. Still scares me. Still scares me. And you so... imagine possessing his wife's body in a, in a film that we just saw. Exactly. Okay, I'm spinning again, Andy. Spinning the wheel. The wheel of randomizer roulette. Favourite kill. Welcome to prime time, bitch. Welcome to prime time, bitch. Or the basketball and deadly friend. The basketball and deadly friend is a fantastic, fantastic choice. I'm going to go for Samuel Jackson and Deep Blue Sea. Out of nowhere, snatched right up, ripped, ripped back into the sea. You didn't expect it. He's a major star in the movie. Dead. Slurped Gone. by a shark. Also, what was that movie with the killer bear where he like, smashed someone in a... Prophecy where he bashes that boy in the sleeping bag. To dust. Absolutely fantastic. Fucking custards him in that custards, thing. Custards the shite out of him. Punch the custard by a mutant bear. I'm spinning again. We have got twist. I mean, you can't. You literally cannot compare. It's sore, isn't it? The twist is sore because a nobody saw it coming. B the score is banging. 
C. Little Let Die, banging on there. C. It's the only good Saw film, and it's a great end. That's what about my... Lena Klammer, the orphan? She wasn't an oh orphan all the time. God, she, yeah. was a, she was a bad old burglar. What about Sleepaway Camp? Sleep Sleepaway Camp. Don't even come up with anything else. She wasn't Genuinely an orphan. Lena Klammer. If we're talking about Sleepaway Camp and you're still, oh, what's Sleepaway Camp? Piss off. Don't Google anything. Go watch Sleepaway Camp. You yeah. ain't going to see that coming. And we saw Felicia Rose at Fright Fest on the screen, of course, not in real life. I'm spinning again. We've got a cameo the best cameo I know what it is for me Go on. Linda Blair in Scream 2 um, just as a reporter just thought it was good Wes, like, mates with Wes Craven apparently um, it's one of those where, where when you watch it as a kid or younger you obviously don't know but as you're older and you become more attuned to these things and more of a horror expert you see Linda Blair and you go Holy shit balls! That's Linda Blair right there. Oh, now you've got me with cameos. If I feel it requires a little bit more, a little bit more. They're thought, they're, yeah, there are probably absolutely I've, loads of absolutely amazing ones. I have but... a little, I have a little thing, Andy. Let's see if I can't. Were there any? Any? Oh, you know what? Let's. I might kick myself and come up with more later, but I know it was only a little audio bit of a cameo, but especially with the clarification later that it was meant to be the character, a little bit of Bruce Campbell slash Ash Williams appearing in Evil Dead Rise yes. in a very subtle role. I love the connectivity. Subtle role. It was just like on a recording, wasn't it? Yeah. Good shit. Good shit. I'm spinning again. We have got... Uh, before 400. Film to cover before 400. What you got for me? Um... Society. I've been having yeah. the, some heavy recommendations for Society recently. So, Society, Shackma, Dunstan checks in. Um, I think some more sequels. I think Friday the 13th, where Jason's got a bloody actual hockey mask on. I think let's keep doing Nightmare on Elm Street movies um, and get more and more interesting guests in for them. Cause I, I reckon like... we could finish Nightmare on Elm Street before 400. We probably could, yeah. Um, let's watch some bad ones as well. Let's watch some real bad, shitty 80s movies yes. as well. As many as possible. Um, ones I've never seen before. And that's something I do like day to day. But also, after watching the J-Horror virus, loads of J-Horror movies that I think would be great to cover. I'm spinning again, Andy. Keep spinning. Are I you, love this. Are you I love doing... this random roulette wheel. I like it. Maybe we should bring it into something. Uh, twist. Have we done that? Yeah, you didn't twist. Behave yourself, Spinner. I don't think the Spinner would go back to old ones as well. I'm very angry about that. Oh, Animal. I know oh. I know it is. It's animal. Bi- it's big, bad, terrifying Cujo. One of the best single location horror movies. I love the picture of a man in a Cujo costume dancing with, like, doing a can-can. With D. Wallace and and maybe the, maybe someone else, the director, um, amazing, just horrible. You, I feel like that in... film. I can smell Cujo. I can smell his horrible yeah. rancid Sweaty, breath. Sweaty rancid breath. Um, are you only allowed animals in real life, or is like a monster counting as an animal? It has to be a real animal. Uh, a monster. I reckon a real animal. This because I got monster on it as well. Oh, uh, in that case. 
um, it's got to be Jules, right? Old Bruce himself. Bruce himself, big old, <coughs> big old Jules, Jules the shark. The shark's not called Jules. Of course he is. Jules, come, here he comes with his enormous Jules. I also um, liked Alligator. Alligator's a good shout. Another film that was shown on Fright Fest. Aaron Trust says he'll come back and join us for a Nightmare on Elm Street sequel. Yes. I'll see you soon for the Dream Master number four. We've done as far as Dream Warriors. See you for Dream Master. We're we're in for number four. Favourite episode, Andy? It's going to be difficult, isn't it? Oh, no. Favourite episode's going to be... I'm really going to say tough. the ones I listen back to the most. Sorry, I don't mean to keep jumping in. I'll just keep thinking. Sorry, if you've got an answer, you go. So, it's got to be a quiz episode. And I would say the quiz episode we did with an Earful podcast, of course, with my friend Ryan, who, of course, we lost. That, for me, is one that I can just always feel like I can look back on, listen to, enjoy, and remember that we, we there were some there were some great times to be had. Um, with Ryan on the show and it's great that we've got that we've got that in the bank and it's a great quiz episode as well I think it's one of the most entertaining Uh, but also the other quiz episodes where it just takes a real turn from like someone being in the lead to suddenly someone just ripping it out of the grasp of somebody else super entertaining and amazing work as always I love the quiz episode bearing in mind I know the answers when I listen back to them because I wrote the questions but you know, and I don't always listen back to a full episode. I will sometimes listen back to see if there's just one bit that's in my head, I will go and find that bit. Or if I don't quite remember what we said about something and I want to listen back to it, I'll do it. But the quiz episodes, I have enjoyed listening back to. Um, your one against uh, an ice Chianti where you were, it was coming up to Christmas during lockdown. So we were all locked in the house at the t- time. Couldn't really go and see other people. And in the nicest possible way, not making fun of you, Ben, I'm laughing with you, not not at you. You were so fucked up by the end of the two bottles of red wine. It wasn't just that, Christmas it, was the, it was the fact that I fucked up and then it was a Resident Evil question, which I thought was like a which I thought was like a trick question. Like, ah right, I gotta go, I'm gonna show you, mate. And you literally <laughs> fell off camera. So that was brilliant. The same the ones with the Earful podcast, I really like the quiz episode we did with the guys from their queer as well. The picture around in that one and oh, the yeah. the other ones. Listening back to those ones were so much fun. Ep- Regular episode, you conjured his name, so he's in my head. When we had Aaron and Video Store Kev on to talk about um, Night, of the, Night Creeps. of the Creeps, yeah. Not was only was it a fun episode to talk about, cool get and like not damning any other guests with faint praise. I loved talking to every single guest we've had on, but <laughs> especially like. Just there are some moments in 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 that one. Those pair of guests, really, really interesting and exciting. And the very fact that we could be talking about an obscure film or something that we half remembered, and then Kev would turn around, he was recording with us live in his shop, and he would just disappear off camera for a second yeah, yeah, yeah. and come back. You mean, do you mean this? And have a, like a copy right there in his hands. It was so... So, and like, you know, it's been great to have other people on. I mentioned her in this episode, it was great having Emily Booth on with us to talk about the dates on. I've been a fan of, you know, as a film fan growing up, to yeah. come and talk to me, talk with us about a movie was great. When Lucy comes on and talking about Lena Klammer, the famous uh, yeah. orphan. Alice Taylor Matthews, when she speaks to us about movies of full frontal male nudity only. Yeah, oh, 
Alistair Matthews is one of my favourites for having like a phrase that I didn't know at the time, but then afterwards becomes so iconic in my vocabulary, like a description of her dress that started started late and finished early. I've never <laughs> heard of it before. Um, well, a very, nice. very funny guest. But any guest that we haven't mentioned, I genuinely promise it's just because there are too many to mention. I do not have a single guest that I've gone from been like, oh, <coughs> Sick of her. Like, yeah, really funny. I mean, the guys at uh, Every Movie Ever podcast who we had on as well with, yeah. with Killer Clowns. Killer Clowns. Really, really funny. That's that's what gives it for me. You talked about it at the top, Ben. Like our and this, it's so great, and it's been really cool that there have been people coming to talk to us about it and join in. Mm. Um, and it, I guess to a degree, it shows that people do this. And I would turn up if it was just me talking to you into a void every week, but it because it's fun and the people we can do that sometimes. Okay, I'll span again, Andy. We've got vampire favorite vampire. Um. Who's the horrible blueman from Salem's Lot? He's the he's the nastiest vampire, I think. Yeah. You're telling him bang your heads together, won't he? What's his bloody name? Oh, Barlow. Barlow, that's it. Yeah. Carl <laughs> Barlow. Fred, Fred Barlow. He is, he's probably Fred Barlow. Ked Barlow. He's the most Pissed iconic. Free Deirdre and he's out for revenge. Most iconic. I love the extra ness of um, what's his face from Interview with the Vampire, Lestat. Incredibly oh, yeah. extra, um, even Queen of the Damned. Um, um, I mean, Aaliyah, very Aaliyah, good. If, if, if we're not limiting ourselves to episodes alone, yeah, we're not. If you want, if you want an, uh, a Dracula that is truly extra, two of the Draculas are three away. Is Dario Argento's Dracula two thousand? You yeah. can turn into a mantis and have your head off. <laughs> that film is entirely on YouTube. You can watch it now. We should do an episode of it because it is insane dracula ring even Ga- Gar- um, gary oldman and his costume changes gary oldman's costume changes but again much like when i was proclaiming my love for a bit of horror comedy i have to accept who i am ben and my favorite dracula has to be leslie nielsen oh, dracula <laughs> dead and loving it is the guy <laughs> <laughs> a great choice i do like the vampires in 30 days a night as well like land sharks i've seen them described as that's good that's a completely different type of scabby vampires scabby vampires okay i'm spinning again spin that wheel we're gonna run out of topics i'm sure uh favorite decade now i think because of the in search of darkness documentaries the fact that they're split up by year and like, you've kind of got like watch lists alongside them it is probably the most fruitful of the decades for all the different sub-genres of movie um the most batshit ideas you know i think horror as a genre tried to go in a few certain directions in the in the 90s and the early 2000s with slashes and fan footage but i feel like 80s is when the genre just really just kicks off its comfy slippers and prances about um with loaded load of mad shit so i've i've also also feel like 80s horror is something i return to constantly and also something i feel like i'll never complete because there's so much i think for me the true correct answer is 80s because so many of the films i love are from that decade i mean that's going to be my experience because that is when i was born it's when i was growing up it's aesthetics that i really and like you know, ATC is a great revival in more modern horror films that use those um, those vibes and so on. But you know what? I'm going to throw out there, and I'm probably at the at the cusp of it because some of these will be 2018 
onwards. And obviously we lost a couple of years in the early 20s. But the modern era has some fantastic stuff coming out. I don't want to undersell it. Like, 80s has my heart once and for all and forever. But the modern era of films, the last decade, you've got incredible new horror creators that are, we kind of, they're not so new anymore but you know you get films like um like get out and you get films like us and you get films like talk to me we get yeah. some great independent or lesser known stuff that i really really enjoyed like revealer like um like the origin that i saw at dundead this year great yeah. incredible films that are, good that are coming up the 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 tens and twenties, I think, will be living in the memory of a lot of horror fans in the future. Right now, there is that recency bias, which I think, oddly enough, might see people do them down and say, "Oh, I'm not gonna this. This is my greatest decade of horror films." But they'll have their time. You mark my words. They sure will. They sure will. Right, I'm spinning again. I don't know how many, how many we got left now. Um, cameo. We've already done that. Do you like the fact that the wheel is pink and green as well? Andy? I love it. I Excellent purposely design. went to find one where you could edit the colours because I knew I wanted it to be. Um, slasher. Favourite slasher. I mean, Michael Myers, for the fact that we've got such a great original movie and that the 2018 uh, soft reboot, reboot slash sequel was also awesome. I feel like that's two ones that are right up there. Um... Ghostface was kind of like always my favourite because I love the fact that it was just like a, a regular dude. However, I think as time's gone on, especially with the last two movies, I feel like they suffer the most when they get a reveal. So I prefer a slasher who is a faceless slasher. Somebody we don't know what, what rhyme or reason they're killing for. And, you know, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends were pretty disappointing. But I think in terms of an iconic look, the old boiler suit and uh, Captain Kirk mask is is terrifying and slow walk i think those are all really key ingredients to a great slasher so it's got to be mickey myers for me michael myers mike myers um, mm so um jason i gotta love gotta love jason the big guy like creative kills time after time he's all he's always up there he's been to Freddy, space pro probably Freddy Krueger is probably the best high concept slasher yeah. there has ever been. I almost feel um, like I don't want to include Freddy as a slasher. I almost feel like he 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 goes across so many different categories of horror villain. Yeah, that's true. In that case, then I will give you one that I have. I think my appreciation for them has grown in the last few years, especially with running through the entire series and then with two really really strong um television series outings looking forward we have the oh, first yeah. trailer of season three chucky's having a renaissance he's been uh like it's such a characterful thing it's such a rich backstory as well and i've mentioned this before ad nauseum on the podcast um having that same creative hand that has run through this entire series sometimes as director but always as writer with the exception of the kind of side remake. But then that has kind of been sidelined by just how effective the series has been in bringing that character back to the forefront. 
there is so little television that I get excited to catch up on and watch week by week as it comes out. But after two seasons of Chucky, providing we don't get absolutely fucked over here in the UK and it doesn't turn up on a channel that I don't have or it's really hard to get and I have to wait for it to come on streaming or be available um, you know, to get as a series in its entirety, I'll be dead excited to dive into series three of Chucky. Chucky has really gone up in my estimations as a, Hell yes. as a slasher character. I really need to check it out. We'll do a couple more. P.S. Jack Frost, obviously. P.S. Jack Frost. We'll do a couple more. Just a couple more. Actor. Oh, wow. I mean, I could say obvious things like Jack Nicholson in The Shining, Master of the Kubrick Stare, um, the fact that that performance has been emulated so much across horror and other genres as well. The fact that we got to see a reimagining of that performance in Doctor Sleep. Um, it's quotable and it's quotable because of Treehouse of Horror as well, you know. Give me the bat, Marge. Give me the bat. Give me the bat. <laughs> I mean, I'm always saying that all the time when someone's coming at me with a bat. So, actor, yes. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis as well because of like one of the definitive final girl screen queens. Loved her performance in Halloween 2018. Um, I think that should have been her final hurrah as the character. She should have killed Michael Myers then and there. And yeah, put him in the put him in the wood chipper or whatever it was, the mulcher. Yeah, but the, the metal fact, chipper. The, the fact big, the fact Yeah, but the fact, the fact that she had her house set up with all these mannequins and like locked him in the basement on fire, all three generations of um Strode of Strode's together, united. That for me was The true ending. Was the true ending. It should have been. Um Yeah. So Jamie Lee Curtis, is that your final is Jamie Lee Curtis? That's my final answer. Aaron, Aaron Trust saying Tom Atkins. Oh, Aaron, you've stolen my answer. Is that really Tom your Atkins? answer? Is that yeah, really your answer? Oh my god. I can't believe it. Tom Atkins was gonna like <coughs> what an what an icon of horror. Yeah. Like I could you could award it, you know, you could Night of the Creeps could have been lost, the real could have been lost, and Tom Atkins would become one of my favourite horror actors for Season of the Witch alone. Oh, yeah, that final shot in Season of the Witch. My God, I felt it. And he looks great, you know. I saw a picture of him recently at 80 years old, and he doesn't look... He doesn't look 80. He looks like Tom Atkins, just, you know, a bit older in HD. Tom Atkins. And you know what? We we saw, a, you know, up on screen at Fright Fest. Barbara oh, Crampton. Barbara Crampton, fantastic answer. Yeah, I mean, That's, an icon. That, th- those are my guys. An icon and, you know, somebody that has got that sex appeal as well that's incredibly important in some of the roles she portrays. And it's like 2023, Andy. And I don't know about you, but watching her in Suitable Flesh, I feel like the sex appeal was on, on the same level as stuff like From Beyond and uh, Reanimator. Yeah, some things never change, like T-Pack always said. It is, it's true. Um, one more spin, one more, two more spins, one more twist. You've already done that. Many as you want, Ben. Do you want one more spin or two more spins? Keep keep, keep spinning that forever, Ben. Forever. I'm gonna run out of official, um, official content. Uh, let's. So it's come up as director, but score is next to it. So let's let's do these two as the next two. Director John Carpenter, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and you could put score as pretty much anything he's ever put his hand to. 
So you've combined the answers. I've combined the, the answers there. there. Johnny, Johnny C all the I way. I think Disa- is a hard one to tell. Disaster Piece score for It Follows is great. John Murphy's score for 28 Days Later is fantastic as well. It's all guitar-based, which I think is great. Because obviously in horror, it's either orchestral or synths in the 80s. But I think the fact that this score is all guitar-based, I just love everything he does with it. It's incredibly simple, but effective. Um, in terms of my fate, what Ennio Morricone, the Thing score as well. Well, they're all coming out. But I think John Carpenter is without a doubt the godfather of that genre and... I don't think, in terms of a filmography, I don't think anything comes comes close. Okay. So I mean, I'm gonna really like not being a music man quite as much as as you have been. I'm really going to struggle with um, composing, and it's really hard to beat a John Carpenter, a John Carpenter one as well. Um, when it comes to director, let's give another. A, a different style of filmmaker, a little shout here, and a film we, I think it's worth bringing up because I said that uh, I forgot this when we were talking about films that I would love to see on um, uh, before we get to 400. Um, Frank Henenlotter, films like Frank Yeah, Hennenlotter, oh my god. Like, such a style didn't, of, didn't Stephen of Christopher filmmaking. in the Facebook group recently suggest we did brain damage yes Stephen Christopher recently suggested we do brain damage we can do two things I'm up for that one I know Troy oh, is yeah. really in the group is really keen that we do the serpent and the rainbow as well yeah I've got I've got um, I've got some of the suggestions here actually for sorry for I no, used it early that's all but, right um, that's all good yeah when it comes to composer as well you can Check me on my musical knowledge yeah, Ben. But is it Disaster Piece that do It Follows? Yeah, I, that, that, I, said, I said that as well, yeah. Disaster yeah, Piece. Disa- Disaster Piece was It Follows, and I really enjoyed the music of that movie. But then, otherwise, less the orchestral music and more just for absolute banger of a soundtrack. Let me bring up my playlist on Spotify my horror movie bangers that I have on there. And I'll tell uh, you Aaron, Aaron Truss also says Franz Waxman for Bride of Frankenstein um, as oh, a suggestion. Oh. I've got another one as well. John Williams for Jules. Oh, of course. Did that be two bloody notes? I mean, it couldn't be simpler, could it? And the fact that like we watched Jules 2 and that was... <clears throat> the, the Jules theme was, wasn't there, was it? Yeah, it's in there still. Is it in I there think, still? Yeah, it's, it's not as prominent, is it? Like it just needs to be a bit more prominent, I think. Um, um, the things I wanted to call out when we're talking about original songs for these movies as well by um, yeah. by by things. Let me call out Dream a Warriors. That, um, like I mean, Dream Warriors, obviously by Dokken. But go back a little bit to Nightmare on Elm Street Two. Touch me in brackets all night long with seven inch mix by Kathy Dennis, obviously. <laughs> Um, yeah. Tonight, in brackets, we'll make love till we die by SSQ from, of course, Return of the Living Dead, one of my absolute favourites. Oh yeah, fantastic! Sunglasses at Night by Corey Hart. Are you ready for Freddy by the Fat by the Fat Boys from oh, Street Three? The, the Goblin soundtrack for Suspiria. Absolute stomper! Absolute stomper! I'd love to see that live. Hit to be square by Huey Lewis and the News from from American American Psycho. Psycho, Of course, it in brackets is a monster by 
extreme, of course, from, of course, your favourite film where people turn into cats, Ben, uh, Sleepwalkers. Sleepwalkers, that's the best one. Um, my Osses by Q Lazarus. Alice Cooper, ma- is it Man Behind the Mask? The, the, in, friend, um, the one where the devil's kid lives in the mirror dimension? Yeah. Prince of Darkness, that's what it's called. Okay. Um, <laughs> when, he, when he smashes the guy with the bike. Dark Riff Horror have said hello to us. They also say Tom Atkins is the goat. Um, yeah, you can't agree. beat Tom Atkins. Come on, we agree with you there. Um, okay, so are we, I think that's a good place to end, isn't it? Director and score. I think that's a nice solid one. Oh wait, there's one here as well. Icon. That might be a better place to add. Horror icon. Now, after watching the Robert England documentary. Like, it really did just hammer home. And obviously, I watched the, the Never Sleep Again um, documentary about Nightmare on Elm Street as well. All the hours of that. It really did just hammer home, like, how much he did with that role. And it could have been so different with a different actor in it. It is iconic. Um, Willis Rager on Instagram says Michael Myers. Yeah, I think what I'm doing is, rather than saying a character's an icon, I'm talking... Um, the man behind the mask, if you like. So, Robert England for me, I think is. I mean, there was another one here, which was like sort of like dream interview, and dream interviewee probably would be Robert England, I think, <laughs> because Nightmare on Elm Street was something that I never really grew up watching, and I think I've told you this before. Like I, I kind of steered clear of it for some reason. I don't know why. It wasn't because I was like scared. Grow up. It was, it was something like I don't know. Just never, something about it didn't it didn't appeal to me. So discovering these films later in life. As kind of that nostalgia isn't there, and I still appreciate them as much as I do. Um, maybe Neve Campbell as well, because that was one of the first slasher films that I saw, and that was my first exposure to a final girl. I say that is that icon or and interview or both. I mean, my mine was icon, and I added interview in there as well. But icon, I think, is is what we're ending on. Would you be? I mean, if you you mentioned there is an icon now, if you you bumped into Eve Campbell at, at Flight Fest if she inevitably returns from Flight the screen movie at Flight Fest, would you um said, Oh, Ben, grab her for a quick chat, would you break it or would you think be brave? Um I reckon I'd be brave. Barbara Crampton I might brick it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd just I'd just turn into a puddle of mush. I'd definitely say something that would wither me as well. <laughs> Here Barbara <laughs> you can't the thing is you can't even I don't think you could fictionally make up something that would make you wither because I think it's like biting your own tongue. If you do it on purpose, you couldn't. You couldn't do it. But if you, it's it's when you say things by accident that instantly like wither away. Withered. Getting withered. Um, Icon. Um, I mean, for me, making it land an icon now. I mean, for me, I mentioned him in passing, but. Jack Frost from Mutant Killer Snowman, obviously. <laughs> a horror icon. Um, other than that, I mean, you've said you've said Robert England, a.k.a. Freddy Krueger. The character or the man behind the mask would be absolutely um, phenomenal. Uh, you know, and, like, the horror is much richer for having him in it over the years certainly a man I've told this story before I grew up terrified of because a poster of Freddy Krueger was on my uncle's wall that I found deeply disturbing as a as a little boy so um, yeah I think he is hard to top as horror icon you've already mentioned 
Barbara, Crampton. Or do I have any other horror icons I really want? I feel like to... we need to bring this wheel out yeah. and like give it to, and we need to use it when we got special guests on the show. Yeah, absolutely. We'll bring the wheel out. Put if some we, more questions on there if we want to make our um, show double the length. Other other horror icons that I might that I might change. I mean, Chuck, Chucky. Oh, Brad Dorif, what a interview yeah, him would be sometime. Or like, you know, again, someone that's been across a number of horror franchises. Um I mean horror icon if you're talking about creators, obviously um it's not with us anymore, so it'd be you know, not able to have into him. But you know, Wes Craven brought so much to yeah. horror as well, the postmodernism that he brought to it. If you wanna talk meta about elements with Yeah, those me- those meta you elements. Know, scream, yeah. Talking about people that you'd love to interview sometime, though, or me. I mean, combination, get these two in a room together. <coughs> Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell together. together. Oh, hell be. yeah. All I'd want to... I'd just ask Sam Raimi about Spider-Man, though. Yeah. Bone size, ready? What would you have done in Spider-Man 4? Would it... Would, what would, would you have done Campbell in Spider-Man 4? Who would you have cast? Would you have cast? John Markovich is the vulture. Uh, yeah, that's what I'd ask. And I'd say, what was Randy Savage like as well? Um, Ready, is what he was. Um, yeah, like, there are so many people. And also, like, we've already got to meet so many incredible people in, yeah. the, in, the world of, in the world of horror. These icons of films we've been enjoying all this time. So it's been... What a phenomenal treat it's been to do the show. It's been a treat. It's been a lovely journey. And, yeah, we're not done. We're not done yet. Um, weekly episodes from us every bloody Wednesday or, or thereabouts. Uh, I reckon there's at least enough horror movies left for us to at least be carried to the end of this year, right? I thought you were going to say to the, end, to the end of our lives. I Possibly like, that. I feel like we get there. Will we be there 300 episodes time? How will we look? Maybe you will have joined me and Luke with no hair. Probably not. It's not in your jeans, is it? Um yeah. But yeah, we'll still have fun. I love watching a brand new movie every week. I've got a couple of couple of messages to read out just before we sign off on this on this live episode. Um, so where are we looking? Okay, this is actually gone. This is actually gone without a hitch. I've got so many tabs open, I can't believe it. So we've got a nice long message from Scott Rigby on Instagram, um, which I thought I'd read out. Hey gang, huge congratulations on three hundred episodes. In a world with many horror horror podcasts out there, this is by far my favourite. Not only are your views insightful and unique, they are genuinely hilarious. Added to that is British humour too, which we all know is the best type of humour. British humour is the best. Mr Bean. That's what he means. Uh, away from the reviews, I thoroughly enjoy the weekly catch-ups with you guys at the start of every episode, which really does feel like just hanging out. See what I did there. With your pals and listening to them, shoot the shit about horror movies and various other random topics, which I love. Yeah, that's what we're aiming for. As for movies, I'd love to see covered. You can't go wrong with any slasher film. They are mostly ridiculous and full of dumb decisions, which always make for funny episodes. Specifically, Scream 2, 3, and 4. Yeah, it's weird that we haven't done any of those. Uh, what? The... Are you sure? I've just not forgotten those. We've not done Scream 2, 3, and 4? No. Bloody hell. Get on Blue that, shall we? Uh, The amount of time and effort which must go into not only watching the films, but also producing the show... Must take so much work, and to have 300 episodes is a phenomenal achievement. A brilliant podcast created by three right horror dudes who really do seem like awesome, funny guys. Play off, Scott. You're making me well up here. Thank you, Scott. Uh, That's very kind. Well done, lads. Here's to the next 300. Thanks, man. Really do appreciate it. That means a hell of a lot. 
and it's stuff like that that makes us want to keep doing it i mean we do want to keep doing it because we love horror we love chatting about horror and even if it's like one person like you who is affected by it and listens to it and enjoys it like that and thinks of us as awesome funny guys it's bloody worth it isn't it not that that yeah. you know no it's it's really nice to know that people do enjoy it as i said at the top i would do this if it was just a reason that i could get together and chat to my friend about about horror movies and occasionally get to meet a new person that i can chat to her about movies yeah, about as thing. well like and we've met some wonderful wonderful people but like yeah. hearing that people enjoy listening to it does mean um an awful lot we could have just gone to fright fest and been surrounded by strangers but there were so many people that were there that had been on the show that we could just go oh my god it's you um or invite people to show. Troy Burrish, obviously a huge supporter of the show. Um, he's been there for a long, long time supporting us, always interacting with our content and commenting on things, which is always appreciated, and inboxing us as well um, about about various things. Stuff that he's working on creatively as well, yeah, the which stuff is always cool. That what I always love to hear from Troy, obviously he's always super supportive of the show, um, and he's always the first to come up with an episode suggestion or like a kind comment which you know makes all the difference on a uh you know when you're tired and all that stuff yeah. but i've also always loved to see both from horror hangout and from the other stories that we both work on as well like the fiction podcast if you haven't listened to that dead good did a big special theme this week i feel very honored in the fact that i did a special for the other yeah. this, this this year and then Directly follow me, blow me out of the water. If I'm incredibly honest, well, is well. like Benjamin Percy, who works tons for Marvel, as is on a series as well. Like, what an honor to be next to a name like that as a as a writer. Hell um, yeah! But yeah, back to Troy. He's always commenting that, and it's been really exciting to see him as someone who is <coughs> an amateur content creator himself. He also, you know, he has a regular job like every, like a lot of the rest of us, and in his spare time. He's taken to all of these projects. He's done some, like some practical effects and makeup work that he's shared. He's done some animation work that he's that he's been kind enough to share with us. He's even done some short audio fiction for himself as well. Yeah. Entirely solo, put That's together awesome, and released a couple of episodes. Love hearing from 100%. Troy. What's he get to, what, What's he saying? So he says, "The Serpent and the Rainbow" and "The Believers" are two movies you should do. Congratulations on episode three hundred. That's a lot of horror. It is. Some people will probably have never seen three hundred horror movies, let alone done three hundred horror movie podcast episodes. Not including bonus content. Not including things like Fright Fest where we did loads. Um, comment on Instagram is uh, from Maturin Maturin eighteen oh one. Apologies if I butchered your name there, buddy. Your podcast is one of the bright spots of my week. I love to hear your review. Uh, I'd love to hear you review Inferno by Dario Argento. First of all, amazing. Love hearing from people that it's one of the bright spots of your your week. That's almost like incomprehensible. So I appreciate that and we're glad to hear it. And yeah, we should do more Jalo. We should do more Dario Argento. I think we wanted to put some more on the list after Tenebrae. Um, I am putting Inferno. Get it on the list. On my watch list. I'm putting it on there. It already was on my watch list, but making a note. And uh, Stephen Christopher, who we mentioned already, favourite episode from the past hundred. Oh my god, it's Lane Spencer! Is mature in 1801. Lane Spencer, proud Patreon. You've been supporting us for a long, long time. Lane Spencer, thank you so much. Hell yes. Thank you. Confused. I can only see your username. I apologise for that. Um, favourite episode... So, sorry, Stephen Christopher, yes. Favourite episode from the past hundred. The Faculty. The two... Fa- the Naughties era of horror. Always fun to hear about... I don't think you covered Troll 2. 
one of my favourites from childhood. Guess it would be a dream. Angela herself, Felisa Rose. We've got like a point of contact now, right? Yeah, it's coming. It's coming up. I, it's okay. one of those things. Like I would never speak to anyone specifically having time. It's also also down to their availability, time zones, everything like that. If Felicia is ever up for it. I'd love to have her on, and I would do my very, very best not just ask her loads of, I'm sure, very tedious questions yeah. about being on Sleepaway Camp. I mean, the main question for the character, but hey, Angela, why are you so fucked up? <laughs> you know, it's... Flat a board. Yeah. Uh, oh, Judy. Imagine getting her a Judy yeah, on what a reunion. It. It'd be like what Josh, Josh Gad does, but for more niche content. Yeah. Um, and yeah, obviously... Uh, Lane Spencer, as we mentioned, if you didn't see at the end of the Fright Fest episode, we did say thank you to all of our patrons because they essentially helped everybody who supports us on Patreon helped us get to Fright Fest um, and to review everything. And obviously, that that was well. I don't think we would have done it without support from our patrons. So we do really appreciate that, and thank you for your continued support. I know in a world where content is infinite and they're create and horror podcasts full of their infinite. Um, we do appreciate your support and your loyal listenership as well. And uh, Lane Spencer is from San Diego, and he loves Serpent and the Rainbow too. So, oh, it's a second vote. It's a second vote for for Serpent and Rainbow. We have to get it on the list. Um, and finally, Leslie Carlo, she messaged about our Fright Fest episode. Hey guys, listen to the entire Fright Fest episode. It was great. Love the interviews and the movie review. So cool that you are all recognised in the horror film community. Loved the episode and all of your episodes. Um, perhaps we're only recognising the horror community because we uh, steamroll our way over to people and say, oh, we're a horror hangout, hello mate, how you doing? Get, do you think get there's on a lot to show. be said for the fact that, I mean, because I saw, I've seen content that's come out of it, a lot of bigger publications and bigger podcasters, and the reality is that they wouldn't be coming over to talk to us, because why would they? We're not, we're not promoting a film over there, but I did see us being able to talk to a lot of people and I didn't see myself having, um, you know, having to fight off other publications. I think it's because I have two tough looking bald men with me. They think, oh, they're going to bounce me. Who were they? Where, me um, and Lou were in there. Oh, what? I think it's just imaginary. Mitchell, <laughs> just, Mitchell Brothers. Yeah, I'm just astral projecting two tough looking men. Two tough fellas. Um, yeah, and as we it mentioned, it, we're mentioning that, we're like, oh, we're not official film critics. But it's like, I don't know what your credentials need to be to be a fin- official film critics. I would say 300 episodes of podcast material might be good enough credentials now. I don't know. Let's call ourselves that. Yeah, I, I guess Rotten Tomatoes, if you want to verify. If you want. Come on. If it. you want. If you want, you can join us. Um, I, well, there we go. What a what a time what a time to be alive what a three hundred episode to do um, yeah any final been, thoughts Ben are you feeling any final thoughts I'm feeling a little bit emotional a little bit overwhelmed I'm not actually I'm feeling absolutely sweltering my um, back is sweaty I've already, I've already said this already but I'm going to say it again I'm going to have a cold shower after this I'm going to pack my bags to be on holiday tomorrow in inst- on Instagram Ash Millman is on we double booked. Ash, we double booked the Horror Game Awards live stream on IGN, um, which you were a part of. Went live at 8, 8 p.m., which is exactly when we went live. The Fear Demic Fear Fest thing. 
I saw it. It's like, when's this going live? I wouldn't mind tuning in for this. The exact minute that we're going live as well. Oh, well, um, hopefully we haven't dented the Horror Game Awards uh, viewing numbers too bad. They I hope not. see it cancelled. I really, I, I hope not. I hope we haven't dented the. If, if, if you were on that stream, Ash, and you thought, why are our viewer numbers dwindling? It was because Horror Hangout were live at the same time, okay? Yeah, but so. we always record at 8. We couldn't have moved it. We always record at 8. Okay, don't go in, don't go in coming in, coming into our stream, okay? That affected our I mean, time. to be fair, like, you know, we talked about, yes, Ash was so funny. That's one of my favourite episodes as well. Yeah. So, so funny. Yeah, and I mean, if you're, you're right there, Ash. Join us again, please, still, on the podcast still, ASAP. Still referring to Woodlice's grandfather. There's a new movie from the, from the terrified director as well coming out. There was a trailer for it. I can't remember what it was called, sorry. Um, that's a perfect one. We should what do, time we should to return? Do get a get a record. Let's do it. Um, what a time! What a great yeah. time! Well, yeah, it's hard to know to finish because you know you got any you got any name game to finish off, Ben? Any name game? Oh my god! I didn't. I prepared for a lot of things, Andy, but I didn't prepare for that. Ash also says, "Go on, old tomatoes." I think she's talking about us getting on rotten tomatoes, not calling us tomatoes. I do feel very warm. My face feels red. <laughs> Um, I've got a cold as well. I've mentioned Shipping that. Your I've mentioned that already, but I'm just going to throw that extra in there. And calling you an old tomato. Calling me an old tomato. Well, old, old tomato, like O L, like old dirty bastard. Um, not me, the the rapper, of course. Um, <laughs> and the tomatoes. And the toma- and the tomatoes. Um, but she also says she'll come back anytime. Let me at you. Yes, Ash. Hell yes. See you on there. We'll uh... anytime. <laughs> We will will drop you an invite ASAP. I think Ash Millman, an Ash Millman special episode in October, the Horror Queen on the Horror Month sounds perfect to me, right? To be fair, but I'm so surprised that we've got through an episode 300 live stream, a live stream where you could say anything we commit us to this, and you've not challenged anyone to a quiz. I've not challenged anyone to a quiz. I'm over that now. I don't challenge people anymore. Okay. Are you sure you're not worried that there's now loads of super knowledgeable people <laughs> that are absolutely skinny? Definitely not. Definitely not worried because I Google things quietly when I'm doing the quiz. I'm joking, of course I don't. I would never do that. <laughs> you would ne- I, I would kill you. You would fuck me up. <laughs> I would be edgy and you to death. Find out you had fucking Mr. Punch you. <laughs> you'd Mr. Punch me with a you'd baseball, but you'd make me fillet a baseball bat. Yeah. That's not a horrible, horrible in joke. That happens in a film. Um, I haven't got any name game. Have you got any name game? Um, does anything rhyme with Horror Hangout? Let's not What's the synopsis of the podcast, Ben? If you think of that, I'll try and think of some word I feel like this is too much, Andy. I feel like we've... Okay, I've got one. Ha! Oh, Don't shit! Worry, you paused for a second. Um, so, um, after extensive water damage at a film collector's um, uh, lodgings, he risks ruining the tapes by just really twisting all of his um, scary movies in two different directions to get all the water out of them. Horror ring out. Oh, it's in the past tense. He's already done it. Horror rang out. Horror rang out. Thank goodness. I've done it. Congratulations on 300 episodes, everyone. We're here for time. Congratulations. Stretching into the future as far as it can be imagined. I'm drinking. Until the real horrors of the world outstretch. Horror, I'm drinking your finest still natural mineral mineral water in celebration, and I've still got one more swig of Lemsip left. My final delicious 
swig of lem sip as a celebration to everybody who has been a part of this podcast it's been a pleasure it's been fun we've met a lot of awesome people we've seen a lot of awesome films we've seen some bad films too um and you know it's not always about the films it's about the friends you make along the way that's the correct answer and what a beautiful moment to finish on thank you for tuning in here really came live Thank you for listening, anyone that has listened to this episode on the podcast feeds, or will listen to it in the distant future or in the past, if that was possible. If you've somehow yeah. listened in the past and haven't heard this, I still thank you. Thank you. Uh, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hanger. The only thing I haven't got is the list of patrons. I've deleted that for some reason but you all we've know said who you many are. of your names we've said many of your names on this show the, already yeah the only person who i haven't mentioned by name who we may have mentioned if it's come up in another format is of course pazuzu pazuzu of course Cats and of course typically on twitter and of course he may not be here as well but luke condor without luke condor this show would have never started because it would just been me solo on my own maybe i would have found someone else to do it with probably not probably wouldn't have bothered um luke's involvement in the show like throughout the years and obviously in his in his lesser is is more reduced role is is guest role you know when he turns up everybody gets excited of course um kitty pym says get well soon thank you so much i'm hoping i've been feeling like this since saturday so i'm hoping i'm at the tail end if you could only see the soiled tissues all over my desk at the moment don't make a horrible joke about that that's disgusting um (laughs) But yeah, uh, and obviously, yeah. So disgusting thanks, things can also be true, right? Disgusting things can be true. Uh, but yeah, thanks thanks to Luke, if he's listening, if he's somewhere. Um, yeah. Your involvement in the show, for, in the past, the present, and the future is always appreciated. Yeah, Luke, you continue to be the wind beneath our wings. And also, genuinely, the reason that... The wings beneath our wind. Yeah, the, the reason that we have met, right? So you and Luke started this together... Uh, friend of the show and previous guest Dan Butcher was the one that mentioned it to me. He tweeted about it saying, yeah. oh, there is a new horror podcast that's coming out. So I was listening to it. I messaged you guys um, while I was in... I was at a hotel in Mexico listening to an Where episode and I Mr. looked Mr. ahead. Mr. Jet Set, of course he was somewhere mental. Not mental. Nice. Um, that's what nice. I meant. Somewhere, somewhere, somewhere lovely. Nice. Somewhere cultured. Um, somewhere so, cultured. So yeah, I was... I was listening to an episode. I think actually I was listening to you talk with Johan about Wreck. Oh wow! And I, there looked, we go. Ahead, and I looked ahead, and I hadn't spoken to either Luke or yourself at the time. I think I DM'd you both on yep. Twitter and said basically, "Yeah, if you're having guests on, now, who's this I would, guy? I'd love to come on and talk to you about Nightmare on Elm Street, all the slashes." You we were very kind and said, "Oh, let's give this guy a shot." And then, only a few short years later. Here I am every week, probably some of my closest friends that I get to speak to on a, on a weekly basis, <coughs> and uh, all these other wonderful things that we've done. So whoever's yeah. idea it was to give me a shot at this, thank you so much. Whether it's you or Luke, I'll let you argue over who takes credit or blame for that one. I reckon credit and blame in equal measure. Um, I think we just really like, we'd have taken anyone on, Andy, to be, to be fair. Anyone, anyone DMing us and asking to be a guest, we're like, bloody hell. Yeah, someone's going to be in charge of the trivia in future. Someone's going to be in charge of the trivia. Taking down the Billy Tory government like Andy likes to do. Yeah, there we go. And what what an addition to the to the roster you've been. Thank you, thank you so much, Ben. And you know, we didn't get to talk about it live. Just saying (laughs) that, I think there wasn't an award for it, but I think 
one of my final Fright Fest memories to close out the episode, I have to say, was after you had uh, an excellent interview with Paris, the director of Aging Grace, I didn't speak to Mum because you'd been interviewed rather had to get off there, but um, ending that conversation with Fuck the Tories and then a really excellent high-impact high-five just before we walked away, what a moment! <laughs> yeah. I think when you when you nail that high five, when you feel the connection, and it makes a great sound, a reverberating such, sound, such a good slap in a loud room that was still really audible. Yeah. Adrenaline, adrenaline pumping, and same when 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 the carnage of the of the Werewolf Santa um, premiere was going on, and you said you felt like you were you were a war correspondent. That was it. Was those moments I lived for, you know? There we go. Oh, if, you, if you go back, if you go back to the audio on that one, because saying I feel like a war correspondent, we did grab the audio for that, right? That's on the video. It is. Ben has an excellent laugh on that one. I think that should be the Wilhelm scream for uh, a new generation. An excellent, that's Ben to laugh. An excellent cackle. So there we go. There we have it. That's episode three hundred. Thanks also to Taj Easton for our theme music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating or review. Head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors for more. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Horror Hangout Podcast. You'll find us next week. I'm talking about the zombie movie Fido with comic comics artist and writer Will Robson. And he's on holiday. He's, got, to Will he's going to Mexico or Boston or... I'm not going to either of those places. I'm going to Greece. He's going to Greece. Okay, he had to have a third place, didn't he? Um, enjoy yourself, Andy. Um, it probably you'll probably be cooler than I am right now. I don't have had temperature problems over there, but I hope it will be fine. I mean, there's one thing you can be rest assured of, guys. Some people will go on holiday and they come back and they look ever so tan. Would it be appropriate for someone talking about horror movies as Halloween marches closer to come back ever so tan? You're still dealing with me, everybody. Don't worry, I'll be as pale as I am today. Enjoy watching me scuttle around, pale staying in ghost. the shadows. Pale as a ghost. Health reasons, obviously. That's yeah. Right. Thanks to everybody who's listened, who's watched on uh, watched on YouTube and interacted. Same on Instagram as well. It's been a pleasure. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll do more of these. Maybe we'll do more live streams rather than just standard episodes. Who knows? Give us some feedback. But for now... Uh, Oh, God, oh, for now. I, I you know, know, what's you I know we finished it. I'm going to thank you for being a right horror dude. Thank me for being a right horror dude. And Andy, thank you also for being a right horror dude. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.